0: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. You know, Tony, I think when people tuned in to what happened when today, they were expecting me to shield really, really hard for StarCast. Yeah. All right, well, here goes. (laughs) Now, not only can you get the show live and on demand in glorious HD. You can win a trip to Las Vegas. We're calling it the High Roller Contest. Tony, have you heard about this? The High Roller Contest? Yeah, check oh, it out. Please tell. Yeah. All you've got to do is order Starcast on Fight at starcastonfight.com. You're going to get more than 20 live stage shows, nearly 40 hours worth of content for one low price, only 59 bucks, and as long as you order before midnight on April 23rd, you'll lock in that great price. But you'll automatically be entered into this high roller contest. Now, what does that mean exactly? It means you get two round trip airfares from anywhere in the world for you and a friend to come to Las Vegas. And of course, when you get there, we've got you in a hotel suite for four nights. Not only that, you've also got a platinum bracelet to StarCast, which means you get to see all 22 shows live. But as if that wasn't enough, you get every single meet and greet. If you've seen them advertised, if they're at StarCast, You're included. You've got that. Plus you've got VIP to the after party and the after party for what? Well, double or nothing. You're going to that too. It's AEW's very first pay-per-view and you've got two front row tickets. That's right. You heard me right. Mm -hmm. Two front row tickets to the biggest show of the year, a platinum band. And how about this? Every single meet and greet, all your hotel expenses covered as well. Four nights in a hotel suite and two round trip tickets from anywhere in the world to Las Vegas. All you've got to do is go to StarcastOnfight.com right now and pre-order. And for just $59, bucks, you get all the shows. So everybody's a winner. But if we pick your name on April 24th, whew, it's going to be awesome. Check it out. It's Starcastonfight.com. S-T-A-R-R-C-A-S-T-O-N-F-I-T-E dot com. There's two R's in Starcast and Fight is F-I-T-E. It's Starcastonfight.com.
1: Jim Crockett, for Arcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Army, The Bunkhouse Stampede Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey Magnum, Dusty, Express Tag Team Turner, Barton, Mid-South, Joy World Championship Wrestling.
2: Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling The NWA and Jim rocket Promotions Tony and First they win, look, Shavani's back
1: again, World Title Split Off, Center Stage, Bischoff Disney, Hogan, and Nitro New World Order and the Crow, Thunder Russo, Arquette, champ, Vinnie Mac, simulcast, Tony's back, with Conrad, not your classy podcast, watch a try not to
3: laugh, lowest rules can't pass, this wasn't the initial plan, Tom's a good looking man, come like Bill, make a chair, Tommy, come over here,
0: Hey, hey! it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's
2: going on, man? How are you? What's up, Conrad? What's up, everybody? Boy, I'm excited about this week's program. I'm excited about the summer that we have for you in the spring as we head on to May. And, of course, StarCast 2 coming up in Las Vegas. And Conrad and I with a couple of appearances coming up on the summer. It's just a great time to be a pro wrestling fan, don't you agree?
0: No, I do agree, man. And uh, it's never been a better time to get your dick real, real hard than right now. Thanks to our friends at Blue Chew, uh, we can get your summer started right. Uh, I know Tony likes to say that whenever he takes Blue Chew, it gets so hard, even a cat couldn't scratch it. And I don't really know what that means, but. You don't know what that means? Well, I mean, it sounds it sounds appealing, I guess. I mean, and I know blue chew works. It uses the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. Uh, and I know that Lois is smiling a little brighter these days, and I assume that it's because you're really laying
2: the wood to her. Is that right? Yes. Ab- uh, well, y- yes, I am. It's the first chewable. <laughs> like. <I'm> only... <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I just
2: went right with that didn't I Yeah, go I ahead. just I,
0: it makes me happy because the, really one of the first things that most of us heard about you sort of behind the scenes is the famous Arne Anderson quote
2: what was it the famous Arne Anderson quote with the buffalo shampoo yeah yeah go ahead hit it Shivani's <clears throat> got so much coming in make could shampoo a buffalo
0: and, and now, everybody is back in business. I mean, you're making shampoo left and right over there, thanks to our friends at Blue Chew. And you don't have to go to the, the doctor. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. You can do all of this online. Uh, and you can get your dick like Shivani Level Hard right now uh, when you use our special promo code. Because I believe that the the special offer is we're giving away free hard-ons right now. So yeah. you, can, you can get Shivani Level Hard Uh, With just $5 shipping. Tell them how to do it.
2: Well, you can visit bluechew.com. Get your first order free. Free when you use promo code WHW. We're giving away, as you said, free hard dicks. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code WHW. And get it Shivani hard.
0: I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about that. But not as excited as I am to talk about super brawl today. And, um, you know, this is a big time show. I mean, it's, it's a pretty historic show. It's the first super brawl and it's going to, it's going to go on to be one of the sort of money shows for you guys every year. I think super brawl was probably the first one. Uh, and then, you know, bash at the beach became the really big one during the summer and then Halloween havoc. And of course, star cave. Would you think those were the two, the four like big money shows that y'all did?
2: Oh yeah, they were. And go, going back and looking at this one, as I did before we started this, we had a lot of shit outside of the ring than just wrestling action. A lot of what we thought was very entertaining entrances and a thing with Missy Hyatt and and Diamond Dallas Page and uh, Johnny B. Bad making his debut, and it was uh, it was a very interesting show. And, and it was capped off with uh, I thought a very very. Very good wrestling match. So I thought it was a good show. Uh, as we watch along here, you know, uh, you're going to make your own decisions out there. I understand that, but also keep in mind as you watch this, this was the Jim Herd era. All right. So Jim Herd, Jim Herd's influence was certainly felt through this. And I'm not saying that Jim Herd booked shit, but he had a profound influence on the booker who at that time was Dusty Rhodes.
0: Well, you know, something that you know, even Jim Herd couldn't mess up. Is all the big money you can make driving for Atlas. Tell them all
2: about it, Tony. That's right. Team drivers, solo drivers, if you own multiple trucks, come one, come all, because you can make between 143000 197000 average per year. What? Per, uh, per year, average per year. What? Yeah, straight up, buddy. Uh, home time can be seven to ten days, depending on the routes. All your tolls are paid. You have the optional maintenance program to boot, but they're not just stick haulers. They do that too. Brett, they hit Hartman and his team will hook you up. That's right. Atlas fan lines. If you're owner or operator, give them a call today. Whether you're new to the industry are ready to ride off into the sunset, go new places with Atlas. And here's your Facebook address, facebook.com slash drive Atlas, or visit www.driveforatlas.com forward slash wrestle. WWW drive four that's number four atlas.com forward slash rational. And here's your number 877-778-6959. When you call, you tell them that Conrad motherfucking Thompson said to call because you can make big money.
0: Dude, I'm a big fan of Atlas. And I'm also a big fan of big money. And, uh, I like the part that they got the work to keep you busy because, I know sometimes, you know, you don't want to go home uh, when your blue prescription is out. You're like, I don't, I don't want to go home. And uh, the idea that they can keep you on the road, you know, where you could still go service those lot lizards, you Mm. know, that's right up your alley. (laughs) Did,
2: Did you say lot lizards? Yeah. You're familiar with lot lizards. Yeah. I just didn't hear you say it before, but that was really cool. Hey, I would here's a, here's a suggestion. Okay. If you drive in a truck, don't. Chew on the blue chew as you're driving, because your gimmick could hit the steering wheel. You see, wait till you pull over and then use it.
0: And then when you pull over, pull out, but you'll never pull out with Atlas van lines. All right, let's get going here. Uh, let's wake up. Is she drunk? It's Easter. Is she drunk already?
2: No, she's not. As a matter of fact, even though I tried to keep her away from the communion wine this morning. Uh, but here she is all sober, all ready to go. My better half, mm. Lois Schiavone. I don't have time for this. Oh, all right. I'm feeding the dogs. I'm really busy, but here's your countdown: three, two, one,
0: play. Dude, I love the open here. It made it feel like a big event. I mean, the this uh, this seems like a dusty name for a show. Is this a dusty name?
2: Yes, it is. It's the Dusty Roads name.
0: It's uh, you know, the reason I say that, of course, is. It's, it's in February and, um, or, I mean, it would go on to be a February show. This one is actually, uh, not, but it will right. go on to be a February show and super brawl sounds a lot like super bowl. That's definitely what he's going for. wanted a big event, Wanted the big feel and, uh, man, I love this set. I know a lot of people have been really, really critical of the WCW letters, not being straight up, but I kind of like it, but i tell you what I don't like. This is the worst rendition Ever Listen to this
4: For waves of gray
2: She was fucking somebody I don't know if she was or not look, look at that face Well, yeah Didn't matter how you looked, I guess Back in that Whoa, somebody Yeah,
0: she her, she her shit so bad It fucked up the tracking On the master tape
4: Um <laughs>
0: Listen. <laughs> listen
4: to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my fucking cat just died.
4: <laughs> Look
0: at the fans. Look at, they're like, like so "What the lonely. fuck is going on?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> listen. You know, there's nothing better than. Oh my God, this is so sad. There's nothing better than someone who can sing badly thinking they're singing very well, Dude, isn't it?
0: She, she thinks she's killing it. I listen to this. <laughs> God oh, yeah. damn it. That's the worst dude. That's the worst. Here's the thing was, was Jim heard fucking her. Tell the truth. No, there's no was. way y'all, y'all heard her sing and we're like, yep. That's what we're looking for.
2: Be down. Take a look at this St. duo. Would you Bert,
0: Florida. Jim,
2: Jim Ross and the, Ross the American, American dream? Green, Dusty Rose. Hey, De- general- her, you book this shit. Dusty her. We're going to see Johnny Be Bad her. We're going to see Oz. Her. we're going to see big Josh. Is that, Her. is
0: that Hitchcock in the back right there? <laughs> Front row section D on tour.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's awfully skinny for Hitchcock.
0: Have you met a guy who was oh, a yeah. big of a market for himself as Hitchcock?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Him. He's from Greensboro, from the Greensboro area. That's him. We're going to see him later on with a, 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 a sign written in Japanese. And I'm thinking, what the fuck does that say? Okay. Oh, look at the four Horsemen fans. Yeah. They were cool.
0: That's the, like, uh, the Bruce Mitchell ripoffs. Really?
2: So what do you think of Dusty's, uh, his bolo tie here? Yeah, man. That, that, that looks kind of like that looks right out of the, well, you, that's right out of the old west. Did he steal that from an Indian? I'm sorry. A native American.
0: An Indian. Listen to you.
2: Well, I mean, that's, you know, Hey, Hey, look, can I say this as we start? Yeah. Uh, you can say whatever you want. It's your show. Okay. It's our show. Uh, we, uh, we just celebrated Easter. And I'm going to be probably uh a little bit in uh, politically incorrect here oh no okay uh as you know i'm a i'm a and even though you probably scratch your head and say really, you are a Catholic yes, I am a catholic and i'm a, uh and i I go to mass and I read at mass and I make sure I go to confession every sunday every Saturday to get rid of what you and i say uh but I do like to say that as we know, uh, Easter is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But in May, we are going to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior of independent wrestling. And, and that's Conrad Thompson. Oh Star- my
0: God. You gotta
2: with, stop with this. With, with Starcast cast too. No, don't, don't okay. do this because you are the Jesus of wrestling. No, please. Yeah.
0: I'm going okay. to hell. I mean, probably for other stuff, but you
2: should stop this. Okay. So anyway, uh, yay. Yay. Yes, sir. May. May is star cast and Conrad rises from the tomb Look, and saves wrestling.
0: I wish I could save us from this. Listen to Dom page.
3: Champion, the Domino's page.
0: So this is the worst version of the Freebirds ever. They've got Big daddy dink for no reason, walking around, giving naves to DDP. DDP is the tallest person in the ring, but he's the manager. He's got on the Paula Abdul headset. He's got a couple of girls out here who ran through a whole case of Aquanet and he's barking at them on Mike and cuts off Gary, Michael Capetta's entrance so he can do it. And Gary was introducing the Freebirds here as the greatest rock and roll band in the world. And that's Jimmy jam Garvin. And Michael PS Hayes. And by the way, Michael Hayes is committed to the idea that to be a good dancer, all you do is just wiggle your hips back and forth and point at somebody with both fingers. <laughs> if you can do finger guns and point at somebody with both fingers, you're really cutting a rug. The Freebird school of dance. <gasps> you know what I just realized? Look at Michael Hayes' sunglasses. Joey is ripping off Michael Hayes from 1991, and we didn't even know it.
2: Holy shit. You're right. Motherfucking rip off Joey Janela.
0: Look, look at him. He was, even back then. He was wearing the yoga headset. I'm going to take this bitch in the bag and teach her some downward facing dog.
2: Good God. You know what? I, I'm not so sure. Not so sure. But I think that girl that was walking out with diamond Dallas page. Yeah. was Michael's ex-wife, isn't it? Yeah. Or his wife at that time. Right? Yep. Yeah. See, I, well, cause I went to their wedding. I, I should know this. And I went on the, the bruise cruise with them as well. The bruise cruise. I did. I went on the bruise cruise with them, Jimmy Jam and their wives, and Lois was there. And you talk about getting fucked up. Whoa. Woo. That was back in the day.
3: The
0: Bruce Cruise.
2: <laughs> okay. This is for the US tag team championship.
0: What a fucking turd of a belt that was, too. I love the design. But like seriously, we had enough tag teams to have a secondary tag title. Right. Seems a little
2: damn well, you know, it, it, we, I, I thought back in this era that we had some pretty good tag teams. Now I know doom is, has split, uh, you had the Horsemen, of course you had the Steiners, you know, we're going to see sting and Luger and I, I thought we had some great tag teams. So why not a secondary tag team belt to make your world tag team championship mean nothing
0: Big daddy hey, Dink hey. here. Misses a clothesline, takes it himself, double clothesline. So this is Steve Armstrong here, right? Yes, it is. And he's my second favorite young pistol. Big Tracy Smothers, Mark. I am.
2: Yep. Well, Tracy, uh, Tracy's a good buddy of ours and Tracy has done a hell of a job. Oh, you hit him in the face, man. Has done a hell of a job of resurrecting his career. Don't you think? I mean, l- l- let's think about all the guys who are his age now that have said, I've had enough of it, but Tracy has found a way not to. And to continue to be on the road and continue to be relevant on the independent circuit. He was 15 years ago and he still is. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I, I saw that match or this match earlier. And, uh, I got to tell you one of the worst wrestling moves I've ever seen in my life is Michael Hayes grabbing the top rope and jumping up to drop a foot on Steve, but he, he did it so gingerly. Yeah. Cause he wanted to take care of I can appreciate you trying to take care of the boys, but. If you're going to make it look like slow motion patty cake, how about just, you know, maybe not fucking do it.
2: Yeah. Here was the, here was the thing to this match. So Brad Armstrong jumps in, right. And then they're going to send Brad Armstrong away. Get yeah. out of here. They okay.
0: tease. It's going to be a six man. You know, they, they definitely teased even in commentary that it was going to be a six man with big daddy dink right. jumping in for the free birds. But right. obviously the tag belts are on the line. So that can't happen. So they're, they're getting rid of dink. What did Dink do for WCW? Was he legit just paid to walk to the ring and stand there like a fucking jackoff?
2: Uh, he was legit paid to walk to the ring and stand there. I don't think like a jackoff. I, I, I would never say anything bad about Sir Oliver Humperdinck. I really wouldn't. What, there are, what, what, there are what, what, a lot we, of jackoffs standing around and wrestling. There's one of them right there. Uh, but, uh, I would never say anything bad about Sir Oliver Humperdinck.
0: Okay. So what, what, what did he do? What purpose did he serve in WCW? He just stood in the
2: ring like a jackoff. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm not saying that, you know, listen, I know back in the day yeah. he I mean he was doing stuff. Right. But my God, this stupid biker gimmick that they got him doing here, he's fucking doing nothing.
2: Right. Well, again, you know, he's an old Florida guy, right? And a friend of Dusty's. So, oh, we, so there we, you go.
0: Yeah. By so the again, way, we it, should mention this is at the Bayfront Center. Right. And Jim Ross mentioned it right at the top of the show. This is the building where Dusty Rhodes won his first NWA World Heavyweight title when he beat Harley Race. Mm-hmm. In this very building back in 79. Yeah. Wearing, about wearing a robe that I just recently acquired. Roll Tide.
2: Absolutely. You've sent me the pictures of it. And it is like, to be honest with you, even without blue chew, I got a woody when I saw that.
0: How about it's still in immaculate shape? Yeah. You know, cause I guess dusty, you know, he didn't wear robes a lot. So, you know, the flare ones, they get put through the ringer cause he was doing, you know, seven matches a week.
2: Here's something else I want to tell you about this show that reminded me of of it being at the bayfront center this was in 1991 you know the the, first of all young pistols they did some great shit as a oh
0: so underrated man i wish they would have had a longer run i think you could go back and watch a lot of their stuff and i don't know it still stands up man to me they're like a mixture of the rock and roll express and the midnight express but they didn't have the longevity so they'll never be talked about in that regard but Man, if they had a 10-year run, what could have been?
2: You're right. Uh, I agree. Now, uh, again, uh, just to uh, put a place in history of this show, uh, we, the Rodney King verdict just happened. And we were working in Atlanta during the week, and I was at the TBS studios trying to go down to the CNN Center, back to our offices, and I was told by security, by Turner Security, do not go back downtown because they're having riots, and people are getting beat up. So we left for the Bayfront Center, scared to, I did, scared to death. And I remember in the back talking to Dusty and I said, did you talk to Michelle? Is everything okay? He said, he said, hell yeah, we live in Marietta, not Atlanta. And I, all of a sudden I felt better. And, uh, but, but I just, I don't know why it was just, uh, it was just during that time. A very turbulent time for our country and a very turbulent time. Look at that. There's Dave Hancock. Uh, our friend, Dave Hancock, he's lost a little bit of weight since then, but not much. Uh, but a great time to be a, Oh man. How about that? What, what a James. bump. You know, kidding. That was a good bump.
0: Tracy's mothers. He's, he's a, he's a man. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's the thing. Like a lot of people would not take that bump now, much less than 91, but you forget this crazy motherfucker wrestled bears. He ain't scared of no goddamn guardrail.
2: <laughs> he talked to us about wrestling bears. Wow.
0: It's I, it, it, this, the fucking graduates are just the best. Just, yeah.
2: I know it's, it's, it's white trash Florida. What can I say? Pick up and a slam.
0: Man, I would do anything to go back and relive my wrestling fandom again from like 88 on. Yeah. That's when I first started watching it. So I just have so much, so many fond memories of this era. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we were obviously, uh, sucking high tit to the WWF back then, but we had good shit. We really did. Yeah,
0: Some of it's disappointing though. You know, this ma this show on paper looks fucking unreal, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, but there's some disappointing stuff in here.
2: Yeah. And there's some good stuff too. Like the tag team match that we're going to see with sting and. And Luger against the Steiner. Oh, I can't wait to watch it with you. Cause I'm going to shit all over it. You are. Yeah. My recollection. That was a hell of a match. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the fucked finish that ruined it all. Okay. There you I, what, what Would that be a dusty finish? I hate to say that, but
0: no, I don't know. Maybe okay. this show, by the way, got 61.6% thumbs up 28.2% thumbs down 10.2% thumbs in the middle. The best match. It was a runaway. 217 votes for Sting and Luger versus the Steiners only 14 votes for Flair Fujinami That's mm. second place, the worst match, no surprise here.
2: Gigante versus Sid vicious in a stretcher match. Yikes. All right. So some pretty good bumps here and a good standing sidekick of uh, Michael had his, his left-handed, uh, cross that, uh, Tracy really sold. And now here comes Steve Armstrong. Whoa. How about that? I'm pretty sure this is the, uh,
0: Michael Hayes is wearing the outfit that they made his action figure in.
2: Michael has an action figure. Yeah. Galoob made an action figure for him. And I'm pretty sure it's this, it's this colorway. And as soon as you took it out of the package, it took more bumps than Michael ever took in his life.
0: Oh, face first. Now it's very, very similar. I'm, I'm looking at my action figure now. I actually
2: have it in my studio. Oh, very cool, man. Tracy up. Oh, missed. They both fucking missed.
0: Boy, this fucking action yeah. figure has a lot more muscles than the one I'm looking at on TV.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so does a referee. Oh, and face first now outside. Now, uh, we're going to, we're going to see, uh, <clears throat> Brad Armstrong return here. Uh, as, uh, the newest free bird feathers and all. Or and then of course feathers will be everywhere. I think they called him, if I'm right, Fantasia. That's right. Which yeah. was a
0: nickname that Dusty Rhodes gave Michael
2: P.S.A.s. Okay, that's that's a that's a pretty good little trivia right there. Off the top, see that was back before. Off the top, double splash to the floor was fashionable unless you were Mexican. Unless you were Mexican, unless you were a Mexican wrestler, you didn't do that much in the United States.
0: Had I mean, a that- request recently for us mm. on Patreon to watch some lucha libre. Ooh, I think you calling some lucha would be fun.
2: Do I need to call it in Spanish? Can you roll your r's? <laughs>
0: All right. First of all, you should swallow that spit. You gross motherfucker. (laughs) Secondly, that is the worst Chewbacca impression I've ever heard.
2: Whoa. Down goes the referee. We got a referee bump in the first match. That was a real, oh my God. Here comes Brad Armstrong back. Fantasia.
0: And he makes a weird noise too. Listen to this.
3: (laughs) This guy is the feathers are flying. He came right off the top rope. He's got him hooked. Look at this. He's got two of them. Who is this guy? A referee is down. A double. A pair of DDTs. He's leaving. Them.
0: I don't know why, but him just getting on one knee and going, ah, always what? fucking cracking me up. And the ring is covered in feathers. And Michael Hayes gets the cover on Tracy Smothers. One, two, three. Your United States tax chance. Hey, the heels won. You dumb shit. Quit jumping up and down. You're celebrating <laughs> the wrong thing.
2: Back then the, the, back then the, back then the cameraman, unless it was Jackie Crockett, a cameraman would say cheer and they would do whatever the cameraman would say. And the cameraman, they didn't know the difference. Some of those Turner people between heels and baby faces, but here's the replay. Once again, super brawl tracking is bad and over the top, big elbow from uh, Tracy Smothers. Come on, let's do this. Bring his ass in the ring. And now, Ooh, (laughs) referee bump. And here comes. Fantasia. Dressed up as a bird, right? A free bird. Oh,
0: what do you like better, Arachnoman or Fantasia?
2: I like Arachnoman. That was a cartoon character to me. That was a comic book guy. And you know how I am about so comics. So let me be clear. Okay. They tried,
0: they tried him as the goddamn Candyman, and right. now they're going to put feathers on him. Right. Fucking Brad Armstrong was fucking Jim Hurd's wife. I just, it it took me a long time to figure it out, but that's the deal, Lucille.
2: If you, if we would have given you a good spot, would you have fucked the promoter's wife? Yes. Not to say that I did. I mean, you were there a long time. (laughs) No. Okay. Come on, Gary. When they tell you to talk, talk, don't just look. He didn't have
0: an earpiece in. He didn't know.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, somebody should, Jackie's pointing to you at the bottom. Jackie work. Jackie Crockett also was like a, Oh, look at this. I want, you know what that sign is right there. He's doing when he hits his heart and does that sign. No, that, that means I fucked 12 rats this morning.
0: Oh, okay. And by the way, he's coming to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Ricky Morton in Vegas for three days. Yeah. I mean, he's coming back with like a Petri dish of infection on his deck. You know what?
2: You know what? I, you know what I think I'm going to do now? I, I know I'm, I'm part of your staff. I'm going to get there early. I'm going to work the entire week. And I know we have a lot of work to do. I get that. But I think I'm going to try when I have some downtime to hang out with Ricky Morton.
0: Well, I think you should, baby. I think you're going to have a good time, baby. He's going to tell you about his son, Carrie, baby. He's a hell of a singer, baby. Yeah. Oh man. Mm. I don't know why, but I always love Dan Spivey here. He had the look, man. Dan Spivey looks like a guy who's just hanging out in the pool hall, just ready to fucking crack some
2: skulls. Exactly. He had that look. He had that badass motherfucker look that you you'd, you'd walk in, you walk inside that pool hall and say, "Whoop, wrong place."
0: He could have been like a heel, crazy, you know, in a movie. He looks mm-hmm. like a, a like a like a tv villain a movie villain
2: which tells you that he probably didn't have a good agent or an agent could have probably sent him out to la and said you know look at this guy for and let dress up and walk around and look at that now they send him, of course you know atlanta being the big place for hollywood movies atlanta wood as we call it it's nothing like tony wood from blue Chew, but it's atlanta wood and a big look at this man just
0: dude seriously like you tell me he couldn't Fuck up Mel Gibson and lethal weapon 19.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. And he's got a kid in there who knows how to go and knows how to sell for you, buddy. We ain't selling right now. Oh, the what jumping match, punches. I, Holy shit. This is, you know, any match Ricky Morton has single or tag team is a good match. It may not get the stars or it may not be the most popular match on there, but fans are going to be with it you damn right they're going to be with it. He can just fuck. I mean, he's got a guy. Look at this. He got He's just got a guy who's bigger and stronger than him, but he's showing that he has fight and verve, is verve a word, and determination and spunk that he probably put spunk all over the rat. Uh, and and into the end of the – whoa, look at that. And he knows how to take a pump. One, two – no, and he kicked out, so you can't keep Ricky Morton down. Can't keep him down. Watch out. Pick up. Wow. Like Spivey. Spivey and another member of the Crockett Park grounds crew is going to be coming out a little bit later on.
0: Yeah. We're going to see his debut here in a little bit. I guess I should tell you that first match uh, Meltzer said this was a great opener live. And he gave it, uh, three and a half stars. Good. And this one here, uh, is going to get a star and a quarter. Mm. Meltzer would say that it was fast paced action while it was going on, but too short. But he also says, what can you expect with 12 matches and several skits in two hours and 47 minutes? Yeah. I don't know if Spivey really needed to just stand on Morton for the pin Morton is turning. So it's like he's a new character, but he's not a jobber. And I can't see the purpose in humiliating him when he's already doing a clean job. The crowd was pro Spivey here.
2: Well, Spivey's a Florida guy too. And apparently uh,
0: he has a rehab center down there.
2: Yeah. I was getting ready to say he has some, he's done some great work, uh, outside of the wrestling ring. He really has. And I haven't seen Danny since, I don't know when I'd love to, just go down and see how he's doing. As a matter of fact, I probably haven't seen Danny Spivey since 91. He probably doesn't remember you. <laughs> Watch ya. Ricky rolls him up. One. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> and a big elbow. This, You know, Meltzer is right. This had some great fast action. It's classic
0: big man, little man. Yeah, you know, is. Ricky Morton trying to tire him out. Here's your finish. Big power bomb ahead of its time. I love the way he sat down with it, went to a knee. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And then just one boot kicks out, but it's after the three. That's it. Yeah. Short and sweet, but you know, it worked. Next up though, is something nobody ever wanted. Nikita Koloff and Tommy Rich. Mm. are going to go four minutes and seven seconds. Meltzer gives it one star huh? and his entire description is what it was it was okay
2: that's it Hmm. and then again what was it just a nikita squash match is that what it what for what it was
0: well we're gonna watch it in just a minute maybe you could tell us what it is
2: when we watch it you know with our faces <laughs> okay all right thank you there jesus uh will you stop that okay i'm gonna throw you keep you hit me with a smart ass thing and jesus is flying out To Las Vegas. Oh, wait a minute though.
0: Oh, this is the best. All right. So I'm going to let you talk about what you think they're saying, but then I want everybody to pay very close attention because the cutaway after Missy, they go to the crowd. You got to see it. Go ahead. What's Tom Zink saying here? I'm
2: saying Tony, I know you said a lot of great things about me and you've kind of resurrected my career, but I'm going to let you know I'm dead.
0: Oh, and and what are you saying right here to Missy with your, Uh,
2: your sleeves are too long by the way. Now, Mitzi, I, I just like to say that most have been there. I have not. Why not me? Uh, why not me, Lois? I'm just kidding. It's TV. It's wrestling. It's not real. But Missy, again, why not me? Oh, hold on. i got to adjust something here to my right side. Why not you? Well, 60.1 of them said yes, it should be you. 39.9% said no. And I understand that Tom Zink also voted in that pole as well and so did Efren. but what are we going to do now i don't i what, what we're going to go in the back i don't want to do it right now no we're just going to go to the back and take a look at this video
4: okay in front of the dressing room door, and I'm getting ready to go in to the locker room of World Championship Wrestling. I'm gonna be the That's first good stuff. woman to interview a wrestler. Come on, guys, let's see what babe we're
3: gonna interview.
2: Are we Come tracking on. it? I can't let's hear it on her.
3: my end. What? I just came what, in here to get interviewed. What are you doing in here? What this heck we're doing in here? <laughs> you better Get out of here. Get your <laughs> Get your big butt out of here. Get out of here. Get that barrel <laughs> <laughs> on.
0: Get your big butt out of here. Stan Hansen says, I love that. Missy said, I'm going to be the first woman to ever interview a wrestler. Like, no, you're not. You met in the men's locker room. Look at the reaction here.
2: Yeah. We're all kind of snickering. And she says, you know what? I'm going to go do it again. Uh, I just like to say that Missy Hyatt is all the way fucking live.
0: Yeah. Got the bra. Like she likes it. Got the gold yeah. Rolex. Like she likes it. Hmm. But I'm telling you, the cutaway here—they go to a crowd shot. Okay, I fucking died. All right. I love your expression as you're so excited to be pointing your stick at both of these.
2: Yeah. How about that red thing coming out of my pants? Oh, that's my cummerbund. Oh, sorry,
0: dude. You're not ready for the crowd cutaway. I love that you've forgotten this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's the funniest thing Ever to happen in a crowd In a wrestling show
2: <laughs> <laughs> Even oh, oh, then
0: oh. he knew you wanted to suck Tom Zink's
2: dick <laughs> oh, Is that where we're going with this <laughs> Okay oh, Somebody say something about blow job in the crowd oh,
0: It is Tom, funny that he's coming to the ring Right after <laughs> Missy Hi, you know that's how Missy got in the business, Tommy she blew Tommy when she was fifteen
2: Whoa, uh, is that common knowledge? yeah, Did I miss, really
0: yeah, she talked about it that she uh gave him a blowjob in the front seat of his car when she was fifteen and then uh uh made a deposit into a towel and kept the towel as like a
2: keepsake. Well, we probably shouldn't talk about it Here comes Akita <laughs> Kolov.
0: There's a lot we shouldn't talk about on this show. She just came
2: out with, that, okay, that's how I got in the business. <laughs> well, So we're just repeating what she said. I wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, you
0: realize how, I mean, I would have been like. Two. Like Missy, no, I think Missy Hyatt's older than that.
2: Like she's. <laughs> no, you would have been two. She's
0: 55. Okay. So that means, I mean, literally I'm 37. I wasn't even born when she was blowing Tommy rich. Okay,
2: good. I because she could have said, "Tommy, don't mind this newborn in the back seat. His name is Conrad, I, <laughs> but you weren't born at that time." No. Okay, from that we go to this. Go wildfire, go! I, I can't believe you didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Uh, was that in her book or something? Yeah, she just I need you. to read these books, don't I? I? Need to read these wrestling books, I guess.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. She was 16. In her autobiography, Missy Hyatt, the first lady of wrestling, Missy talks about how she broke into the business way back when, at the age of 16, as a fan going to the matches, she claims she was pulled aside and asked if she wanted to meet Tommy Wildfire Rich. She excitedly accepted and wound up in Rich's car where she proceeded to give Rich a blow job while stopped at a red light.
2: Hmm. There you go. Was it a long red light or a short one? I don't know, Tony. I, I, uh,
0: I know. wasn't there, you know?
2: I just didn't know if she put that in her her memoirs, and here comes Nikita. watch out! By the way, he's gonna beat him. Watch out, one, two. No, he did. You guys are trying to put over Tommy Rich
0: on commentary. Mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes is like, he's the former world heavyweight champion, and he's gonna have to have his A game to beat Nakita. But I think he's ready. And it's like nobody at home thinks that. Everybody at home knows this is a squash match.
2: You know what? I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say bullshit there. What? We know it's a squash match, but I, I'm I bet you there were some people. No, there were in weren't. Georgia. Oh, okay, maybe have, maybe some fucking
0: idiots in Georgia, maybe okay. in Alabama too. Nope, there wasn't if, an idiot in Alabama who
2: believed that. In the South, say you know what? I bet if Tommy. If, if Nikita makes a mistake here, Tommy could beat him. Did you say Nikita? Yes. I'm trying to say it like people from the South. Nikita, watch out.
0: Dude, Nikita is my favorite. That's the best thing you've said on the show in as long as I can remember.
2: Really? Nikita? Nikita. Well, that's how they would say it in the Oh, see, Tommy at the, oh, Tommy at the ring post and Nikita is going to win it now. There's a Skeeter on Nikita,
0: whack him off. There's a Skeeter on Nikita, whack him off. There's a skeeter on the keeter. There's a skeeter on the keeter. There's a skeeter on the keeter. Whack him off!
2: Need some fiddle music during that, little. Yeah, they're do- skeeter, skeeter, neater, neater. Seen them clapping? Well, if you know that that guy just did
0: the blowjob motion on
2: TV, why are you shooting him again? Because <laughs> we, because uh, we laughed, I guess, because we we're all having a great time. Dan Bynum, by the way, was the director of this. We got to ask Dan about that. Dan I, did some directing for MLW.
0: No, I ain't asking Dan shit. Hey, nope. th- here's a real question. Why don't you think Nikita Koloff had an action figure from you guys in this era?
2: Cause he signed a merchandise contract.
0: I would have loved to have seen an action figure from him. Just so mm-hmm. I could have Lex Luger beat him the fuck up.
2: <laughs> One, two. Uh, we gotta, it's gotta be the sickle. God, oh, be Russian sickle coming. He's going to be at the, uh, Crockett cup
0: coming up. Did you hear about that? Uh,
2: I, I knew that the Crockett cup was coming up, but I didn't know that he was going to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. I think he's a part of it.
2: Yeah. Uh, is Magnum going to be there too?
0: I I assume Magnum is, uh, one of Dave Lagana's favorites.
2: Yeah. And of course, Magnum, when I was at, uh, the, the, uh, the Cody Rhodes match, uh, NWA 70, when I was there, Magnum came out and they talked about it then at that time. Oh, Tommy missed. Oh, and he hit his face. Now he's hit the top of the ring and he's hit his face. And he's a former NWA champion and he got a blow job from Missy Hyatt. What are you more impressed by? It, it's he's one of our favorites, so by what?
0: <laughs> that that he was uh, a matinee idol. Uh-huh. That he was the NWA World Champion. Uh-huh. Or that he got a little up down from Missy.
2: I'm uh, more excited that he was NWA champion. Oh, there you go. That's uh, that's something that you can't take away from him. Oh, you can't? No, you can't. Okay. I was just asking. Okay. And, and I guess the other things you can't take away from either. Let's take a look at the replay once time. Here's a Russian sickle. It's not a good one, but it'll do here because it's the finish. And here's a cover. And Nikita on his Peter. Knock him off. Is the winner.
0: <laughs> By the way, do you want to guess? No. How long Tommy Rich was world's heavyweight champion?
2: Uh, it was like three days, two days. Well, I mean, why'd they do that to him? I don't know. Well, it, it, because he was a world, it made it mean something. It made it, it, it made it mean something. I bet you they sold out Gainesville, Georgia the very next day, or was Augusta, whatever it was.
0: He, he won it on a Monday night. Yeah. He lost it on a Friday night.
2: Oh, uh, I'm a bad man. I'm going to have a bad man. I'm going to walk out here. Bad man. Come on, go out. Come on. Thank God. Let's go.
0: Seriously. This is one of the worst fucking promos I've ever heard. And this is the introduction of the Johnny B bad character. Is it not?
2: Yes, it is.
0: You can tell, uh, dusty Rhodes is, is in full blown dusty mode here. Meltzer, mm. I- right. Then came the introduction of Johnny B bad with manager Teddy long doing a gay act dressed up like a white little Richard with a bodybuilder physique. Since I was there live, we couldn't really hear what was being said. Some people seemed intrigued by the new character, but the reaction live was negative. It's supposed to be he's a heel, but a lot of the reaction wasn't booing the character as much as people screaming as if they wanted, uh, to see the WWF. they would have gone the night before. Uh, I want to at least watch him wrestle and hear him do an interview or two before making any comments. And here's the interview for you fans who want to hear.
3: N news when
1: he stepped in the ring with you, baby. Oh, hush, Teddy. PN News, you nothing but a big old bam! It's gonna be a blessing to teach you a lesson. Oh, hush,
3: Teddy. Hush, baby. Now let me say something.
0: Hush, baby. How about Teddy Long always used the phrase P and N news? Not PN news, P and N.
2: know. <laughs> and he talks about fly girls in this as well. Um uh, of course, you know he was a big uh, in living color guy, and so was I. So we used to, he used to always throw that out for my benefit.
1: How about that? And don't you put your hand on the needle? You watch what you are doing, don't touch him. All right. Let me say one thing. I'm so pretty, I should have been born a little girl. Well, Jenny,
0: I'm so pretty, I should have been born a little girl. How about that?
2: Mm, I know that's. Uh, that was a little bit too much. This is awful. Well, okay, so we're in Columbus, Georgia. And I'm sitting there in the back, Mark Merrow comes out for a match and I'm sitting there with Dusty watching the monitor. We're just taping matches and Dusty looks at me and he looks at the monitor and he says, does he not look like little Richard to you? And I, of course, being a suck up, but also a green said, yeah, he said, we got to do something with that. He said, I got the idea. We'll call him Johnny B bad. And that's where Johnny B Bad was born right there in Columbus in the backstage in Columbus, Georgia. And of course, Mark Merrill took it and ran with it. I mean, he did right. Uh,
0: And you could have fucking stopped it,
2: but you didn't. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Really? How would have I stopped it? Giving a flip flop and fly scoop slam pickup, you know, stomp him on his head blade job on the arm. Tell me how could I have stopped it?
0: I don't know. You just could have. Okay.
2: So here, Dustin Rhodes against Terrence Taylor.
0: Yeah, how about this shit? Dustin Rhodes, he's back in the scene. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, but uh, they announced that he is going to be facing Cody Rhodes at AEW's initial event, double or nothing in Las Vegas. So brother versus brother, it never happened the way it should have in the WWF. I mean, I guess it did, but not, not the way they wanted to do it. Now they're getting to do it their way. And Dustin even debuted like. New face paint, a new look.
2: You excited about Cody and Dustin? Uh, you, you, big time, big time. Excited about that, man. Wow. What I really, what do you think the finish is going to be? I don't know. Oh yeah, you do know you and Cody are good buddies, but that's okay. You don't need to spoil it here. I was just, uh, I, I have an idea.
0: Well, I'm all ears.
2: Okay. Just, uh, wait a minute. I want to take a gander here at Terry boat, Reynolds. Runnels. She also was doing makeup in that show as well.
0: Who are those fucking Jack offs clapping?
2: They're members of the, uh, York foundation. I got that dickhead. Who are they? Really? (laughs) Just Florida job guys.
0: Okay. Thank you. Okay. How about this, uh, red rooster jacket? He's repurposed cheap bastard
2: i got a shirt i got that comma dickhead (laughs) 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 that's a new shirt cockadoodle fucking do i got more fucking heat than anybody in wrestling cockadoodle fucking do
0: you know serious business yeah. I wish he could just embrace it because it's the, it's the most over thing he's ever done. It's all I think people ask him about, you know?
2: And it's not that, not the fact that he was a stooge or that he was, it, it, Terry was a pretty cool guy in the back. He, he and I had a lot of good, funny conversations and real shitty conversations in the back, but he just Terry Taylor. What, what can he just fucking Terry Taylor? There he is. So anyway, we get uh, we get uh, we get Teal involved, we get Michelle involved, we get the whole family involved, and pull Dustin out of this face painting stuff that he's doing at the end. That's my finish.
0: You want him? You want him to stop face painting?
2: Mm-hmm. Why? Just for the just for the finish of the match. Oh, okay. But that's me um, and. That's why I don't book. <laughs> okay, so uh, here we go. What, he had to look at the computer and see, or he was either looking down her front. But I think he was looking, oh, look at Curtis. You know what? Curtis Hughes Curtis Hughes could have been a hell of a hand, man. He could do some shit. I think we've said that on this, this show before. But Curtis Hughes, for the for a big, I mean, a big guy was, well, we got to check the computer here. Or they're surfing porn. I'm not so sure what they're doing right now.
0: Well, the, the internet doesn't exist here, really. So,
2: well, that, well, I, well, I know. Okay, I got it.
0: Porn on computers. When do you think the first time you saw porn on a computer? What year was it?
2: I've never seen porn on a computer. That's not true. Okay. Why? Why are you just lying to us? Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, because I know you, you try to, you know, we go along here, boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden in your brain, you say, okay, let's throw some shit on Tony. And you hit me with, when's the first time you saw porn on the computer? Sing.
0: I'm going to say it's got to be like 95, 96, 97, somewhere in there, right?
2: Well, that's the first time I started emailing. So that's the first time I remember that. I guess, when did email, when did email first start? What year was that? Early 90s. Early nineties. Okay. Do you remember your first email? Uh, no. I, I remember mine.
0: I guess technically, you know, a, a quick Google search says it was invented in 72, but okay. it, it wasn't widely used then. I think early nineties is when people started to use it. Like
2: I, I remember because back if there was like one day we would, JR and I would format a show like, uh, the main event and we would make copies and put them in everybody's mailbox. And then the very next day we were able to attach them to an email and they could print them out themselves. And I'm thinking, what the fuck have we been doing? Isn't this fucking cool? Or you didn't have to even print it out. You could just call it up on your computer and look at it there. That I remember. It was like one day to the next, my life changed. Boy, Dustin, you had, Dustin had a great working punch too, didn't he? If in fact, some of those were working.
0: He still does.
2: Yeah. I thought, man, I I don't, I don't know what you thought. I don't know what the fans thought. I don't know what Dave Meltzer thought, but I thought, and, and I'm not saying because his daddy was the booker, but I thought that Dustin Rhodes was the next big star.
0: I think a lot of people did, you know, I mean, I don't know that you mean you've ever even talked about this, but serious business, there was a play made to get Dustin Rhodes to sign with the WWF. And wrestle Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania.
2: Wow. What year was that? This around this time,
0: it would have been, I think WrestleMania nine, which was the outdoor one at Caesar's palace. Right. And they went up doing a tag match. It didn't work out because I think Hogan didn't want to work him because he, I believe the phrase was buggy whip arms.
2: Okay. I guess he can put that in the same file as Sting's not tan enough. But man, Bubby Buggy Whip Arms, man, he could fucking work. Dustin was could fucking work. It would have made Hogan look great. It would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been.
0: I mean, it, a a a Rhodes and a Hogan.
2: Yeah. It would have been tremendous. This match,
0: hope. by the way, um gets two stars. Mm-hmm. Uh it melts right. After a few flurries, Taylor went outside to check with Miss York's computer. I think it said, You don't have a prayer in this match unless they change Bookers. <laughs> Later when the two screwed up a spot, Taylor went out and checked the computer again. I think this time it said if you mess up one more high spot with the Booker's son, <laughs> you'll be wearing your hair like a rooster again. <laughs>
2: That's some funny shit, Dave. He should be a writer for us. Who's us? You, and me, man. Write some more jokes. Give me some more jokes to tell when I go out.
0: Oh, I think you could just show him your non blue Bluetooth penis
2: and I get everybody chuckling. <laughs> See, that's funny. That's funny shit right there. Okay. That you just wrote. <laughs> that's I'm all about the line. I think of funny shit now. You know what I do? I'm not. I record it on my phone. I write it in notes. On my phone. You write it in notes? Yeah. Yeah, me too. But I, you can you can push the little microphone and you can talk into your phone and you know, record it on notes. Kind of. Kind of. Mm-hmm.
0: Did I tell you I ran out of space on my phone recently? Really? Yeah, I didn't think it could happen, but I did. So I had to go like delete all of our archive podcasts off my phone.
2: Oh, geez. That's great. Well, they're always available on at, the archives at whw com. That's exactly right. And I just bought a new phone. As a matter of fact, just upgraded my phone. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm glad to see that. Cause when, when I saw you running around New York with a fucking razor, I was like, dude, <laughs> and it was the pink one too. Mm. You were like, it works. But to send a text message, like you just, you hit that same button three times to get the letter C. It was like, what the fuck, dude?
1: Mm. (laughs) Hmm.
2: Hey, can I read you a joke that I wrote and put it on notes?
0: Yeah. Is this uh, a joke you wrote inside of your uh, flip phone or your new phone? My new phone. Okay. Okay.
2: So Lois asked me if, uh, when she passes away, will I get married again? And I say, no. Not going to get married again. Don't want another woman in my life. I'll just keep Tylene Buck on retainer. And if I feel like one night getting laid, I will say, can you come over for five minutes? And I'll give you $1,000 a month as a retainer fee just to fuck. And I'm talking about not every night. I'm, I have to travel a lot. And mostly, I just want to watch Netflix. But don't you think Tylene would go for it?
0: Was that a joke? Because that sounded like a legit offer. <laughs> no.
2: That's when you're supposed to laugh.
0: Oh, well, anyway, I think you should never write a joke again. That okay. was not good you're, you're way better off the cuff okay let's 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 just figure this out. Can we talk to Tyleen here on the show? I know we don't do gas.
2: <sighs> what are you trying to get? you' trying to set up something for me uh in my watch out uh, Kurt, I, we got to go back to the match here. Oh Curtis Hughes holding on to it now Dusty bot, Dusty's hand here from the announce table. I don't know. I can't let this happen to my son. I don't know, Curtis Hughes now, what's he going for, the glove? He's going to knock his ass out. And here I'm in the back thinking, is Dusty going to get involved in this match? But no, Terry Taylor's the dumbass. And down he goes. One, two, three, and the fans bought it. They liked it. Now, what was that Tiny Buck uh, thing again you were talking about?
0: Do you want me to line it up? so, no, you, I, so I, we can talk to her on the show, not so you can fuck her. Calm down, God, you're so weird. I just, you know, we're we're doing a show here, Tony. Should we have her on the show? I I don't want to get involved in your underground prostitution ring you're trying to set up.
2: <laughs> my what?
0: <laughs> oh, Dude, my look, don't act like. See, this is what what's happened to Tony Chivani. He's listening to Two Chains. He's wearing Jordan Airs, as you yeah. said. He's got Carrera shades on. Mm-hmm. And you called me with this idea last week that you wanted to do in Vegas. And I shot it down. You wanted to sell wrestling fans, what you called the quote unquote girlfriend experience. And I didn't even know what that was, but with old wrestling valets. And he said, we're doing it at a hotel. We've got all these extra rooms. We need to start making some money, the real money. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh my and you God. said, Conrad, don't play dumb. I'm about pimping these hoes and slamming Cadillac does putting punks in the trunk. And that's when I was like, I don't know what's happened to Tony, but we got to fucking have a Tony intervention.
2: I have no idea what, what you, that's a good idea though. I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Well, wait, now you're going to play dumb. Cause you're like, yeah, it's, you're like, was, it's legal there. I'm like, no, it's not legal in Las Vegas. Okay. There are parts in Nevada where it is legal. Uh-huh. And you're like, what about the chicken ranch? I'm like, that's not in Las Vegas. You can't do any, any like shoot whoring. In Las Vegas and you're like, well, no, we're not going to sell it as that. It's going to be an experience with the valets they grew up with. I'm like, wait a minute. Who have you got signed up for this? And that's when the plan, you kinda must have got been a
2: lot of those rice crispy treats, that one place in, that we went to in Las Vegas. Um, I just the like the p- way you
0: enunciated
2: pimping these hoes and slamming Cadillac does.
0: <laughs> Cause I was like, dude, this is Tony Siobhan. He's not supposed to talk like that.
2: Okay. Hey, now I'm, uh, you need to watch big Josh here because right at the end, you're not going to believe what's happening
0: here, guys. If you're not watching this, mm-hmm. you need to go fucking watch it just for this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
2: Because as they walk down, the bear on the left's going to be pissing. And, uh, dusty knew it. JR knew it, they started laughing, and even uh Doink knew it here. Uh that they were see they, What the fuck? Now they, bless their heart. I, I really feel bad about this. They're looking around and the one on the left, anytime here, come on. Can you
0: believe this is actually happening?
2: Yeah, there he's pissing.
0: <laughs>
2: the whole way. <laughs> I, I really feel bad about this now because it's just not right, animal rights. He said, "Did you see that? That just pissed on the ramp." And there's there's Peggy Latham in the back. See Peggy in the blue? I do. she even knew they pissed on the that ramp? That bear's
0: pissing. <laughs> that bear's pissing. Dick. Dickie's pissing right on the ramp. <laughs> that reminds me of the time I saw Lanny Poffo blow himself. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the back in Greensboro. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky came around and said, Peggy, come here. (laughs) Come here. You got to see this. You got to see this. And I came around and he's like a contortionist. He had his own penis in his mouth. That's the craziest thing I've seen since. This damn bear just pissed (laughs) all the way down the ramp, Clay. Clay, did you see it pissing? Because it did. God damn, I love Clemson. Where's Buddy Landale? <laughs> Buddy Landale was the real nature boy. He was a good wrestler. They could have done more with him, Flair. I tell you what, I'd rather see a Buddy Landale match than this Black Bart. What the fuck is a Black bar I'd rather be home watching design and women. God damn, I set my VCR. Am I missing
2: designing women? (laughs) Oh, hold on. Oh my God.
0: She's a nice lady and she's never talking to me again after that.
2: (laughs) I don't know if she is or not. That's funny. You don't know her? Oh yeah, I know her. Oh, so you're not
0: saying you don't know if she's a nice lady. You mean you don't know if she's talking
2: to me again. Yeah, I think she'll talk to
0: you. Yeah, she probably will. She'll talk shit about Clemson being number one and
2: yeah, oh, I know.
0: Alabama being number two. and Oh, I know. Hey, man, how great was it last weekend? Tiger Woods on the comeback.
2: Pretty spectacular.
0: Dude, that was like what's great about sports. Right. I just loved it, man. Yeah. It was so cool to see somebody in the state of Georgia wearing black and red win a championship.
2: You know? Yeah, like they won the SEC championship two years ago. People forget about that one.
0: Is that, yeah. when, is that when they lost the national championship? I forget.
2: Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's when they lost the national championship. But okay. they beat Auburn, who beat Alabama, who didn't make it to the SEC championship that year.
0: Who won the national title that year? I forget.
2: Yeah, Alabama did.
0: Anyway, it was cool to see, you know, Tiger come back. I still think the best comeback in wrestling is Tony Schiavone. but. Mm-mm.
2: Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, but uh there's a lot of people out there that said, you know what, he's uh, uh he he cheated on his wife, he's he's a bad guy. And I'm gonna say, you know what? No he's not. I've covered I've covered like four or five masters and I've covered some of the uh the FedEx Cup uh match uh tournament he was always to the guys in the media, very accommodating, very nice guy, and He's sure, he's had a sword past at times, but damn it, that was a great story, and I'm I'm glad for him, very happy for him. Uh, of course, he did not have that comeback like Black Bart did when he became a desperado, but he had a comeback, and uh, Big Josh could uh, could work here.
0: Yeah, Little. I mean, uh, Big Josh is. Pretty underrated. You know, he was well-respected by his peers as being a good worker. He obviously had a lot of, uh, substance challenges at different points in his life, but, you know, he made it work here, but obviously the greatest success he would have nationally would be with Doink the clown. Right. I don't know that anybody could have done Doink better than him.
2: Hmm. I agree. How many doinks did they end up having though?
0: They did a lot. You know, the most common other one was Ray Apollo, but I mean, they a lot of guys did it. Brawler did it and they had some enhancement guys do it every year at a wrestling convention. You'll meet somebody at a bar and he'll say, I was doing for WWE. It's like, no, you fucking weren't. <laughs> That's Matt Bourne, and
2: he's dead. Yeah. God, he did that double ax handle. He had the ax handle in his hand and squatch him with his butt and now they'll go walk on the ramp where they just pissed.
0: I mean, we didn't talk about how fucking dangerous that was, but that bear can do whatever, either of those bears could have done whatever they wanted. And they just had like some old dude who had one in each hand, like those right. fucking bears didn't have a choice. Right. Somebody should have told Jackie Crockett to put on some goddamn pants.
2: I, I just think that uh, it, looking back on it and knowing how I feel about animals now and back then, not not a good thing. And of course, you're talking about the fact that one of them could have broken loose and eaten somebody. Holy so shit!
0: They've got the entrance dark for a reason. They're trying to set up the Oz setup. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So it is completely black as we see Paul Heyman come out here dressed. Uh, you got to see this. He's got a crocodile Dundee hat and like a pink printed shirt, t-shirt, and then some like uh dress shorts that have a lot of pleats and a belt with a shiny tip and some fucking sneakers. And of course he's rocking that mullet.
2: And as we're known to do, we do not have the microphone on.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're all a television
2: company though. Yeah. Right. I know we were, we, that's one of the worst things that we ever did we never had anybody's microphone on seemingly to the crowd when it was time tv but not to the crowd just potted up
3: <laughs>
2: fucking stan uh, stan was uh you know was seen uh, we talked about this before I know on an international basis as legit badass You know anybody that really chewed tobacco like that?
0: Uh, No, but I, I love everything with Stan Hansen. I mm-hmm. guess we should mention Stan Hansen is going to be at Starcast.
2: Mm-hmm. Did he go spit in his hat. Come on, spit in his hat. Yeah, I just spit in his hat. You put it on top of his head. Yeah. What? Well, gosh. When is the last time Stan's made an appearance?
0: Yeah, he doesn't do stuff like this very often. So it's a big right. deal.
2: Yeah. It's cool, man.
0: The main event here on this show is Tatsumi Fujinami, and he's on the show. He's on StarCast as well.
2: Oh, my God. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Pretty That's re- a hell of a coup. It is. We, we got all the big stars, man. We got Mil Masqueris coming from uh, from Mexico and Fujinami coming from Japan, and
2: we got La Parca.
0: We got a lot of fun international talent.
2: That is great. And you know who could only bring that national talent in? <sighs> the savior and there goes Stan hansen
0: oh hey we finally announced it publicly so we can talk about it how excited are you for the rest of rick flair
2: oh my god i'm gonna have to really get maybe not but i was thinking i'm really gonna have to stop by the dispensary and get some i don't know cookie dough because I, I really need to be i really need to be out of control during that thing
0: yeah, let's go ahead and give everybody a spoiler. Tony Schiavone is going to be on the dais, as he should be.
2: Wow. I, I'm, I'm telling you, that is, for me, and of course I'm doing the uh, the I Quit, I guess that's, uh, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but I'm doing that with Tully and and, um, and Magnum, and I'm doing the thing with Sting. But being able to roast Ric Flair, whew, that's going to make my year, buddy.
0: I mean, it's the coolest thing that's happened at a convention like this.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, thanks for letting me be a part of that.
0: Thanks for coming. Yeah. I wouldn't miss it, man. Here we oh. go. The worst shit ever. Mm. Oz. Look, I think, baby. Yeah. I'm going to play the audio here for everybody, Tony. Okay.
2: very eerie situation here in St. Petersburg. I ain't never seen nothing like this
3: and I've been to two goat robes in an all-night fair, brother. Tell me
0: when. He heard Kevin Sullivan say tell me when.
1: In a land far away there lived a wizard but not the Wizard of Oz. His name was the Great Wizard and he ruled the Kingdom of Oz. Now our weary travelers are at the end of their journey, as they face the Emerald City. <laughs> welcome,
4: to us. welcome. To us.
1: Powerful.
3: Who are you? Who are you? The great
1: and powerful Oz knows why you have come. How dare you come to me? I will show you who Oz really is. I will show the world
3: who Oz really is.
0: What the fuck?
2: Aha! Watch the monkey. Welcome oh, time there he went.
3: Welcome to uh, uh, the
2: welcome monkey did live, uh, through most of this.
3: Welcome time.
2: So the
0: monkey got freaked out by the pyro right. and tried and to ch- jump off the leash, mm-hmm. off the ramp and Kevin Sullivan Yanked under the it, silly hood there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's funny because he's, I guess this is the, the grand wizard. Uh, right. or wh- whatever they're calling Kevin Sullivan here. Mm-hmm. So he's from this mythical land, but it sure does sound like he's got a a number on the socks. Holy shit.
2: Welcome to Oz. Welcome Welcome to to Oz. Oz. Welcome to Oz. You think the Patriots going to win by six? Welcome to Oz. But can I say this in defense of this entrance? There's a lot of work that went into this. I know that doesn't make it good. All right. But I thought it was a fucking cool entrance. It was long. It was silly. It was overdone, but Turner broadcasting had the rights, the wizard of Oz. And that's why we did it. Does that make it good? No, but Kevin looked fucking awesome here. Didn't he?
0: No, Kevin does. And what's funny is it's a super fast match. They didn't even have the wizard or the monkey get out of the ring. Yeah. They're in the ring for the fucking massacre. Right. And. Nash here rocking the gray hair like he is now. And the lights are going out here in the Bayfront center Yeah, and the lights are about to go out and this jib jobber,
2: (laughs) you know, I, I, again, I tell the story as the, as they walked up the stairway, Kevin walked up the stairway leading Oz in and the monkey jumped off again, his shoulder and the monkey was swinging like a pendulum at the end of Kevin's thing and, or chain. And I'm thinking he's going to kill the fucking monkey. I was told that the monkey died. Now, I don't know if it's because he shit himself because of the pyro or he was swung by his neck too many times by Kevin. If that's the case, boo on us. Uh, but there's Oz. I'll be interested to, to find out exactly Dave Meltzer's take on this entrance. And I know you have it in front of you. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready.
0: Live, the Oz entrance was one of the more embarrassing moments I've had in this lifetime when it came to rationalizing being a wrestling fan. The reaction was a combination of stunned amazement and brutal obscenity-laced vehemence. The smoke was sulfur-based, and the building smelled pretty bad for the remainder of the show. The Oz thing wasn't as bad as I thought it would be because it was really just an elaborate ring introduction rather than a several-minute skit. But the people really hated it, maybe even more than they should have. There was a definite kind of reaction from the live crowd. It was fairly pro heel most of the way, and they didn't get into anything. That was too WWF like, and with WCW trying to copy WWF more and more, it is going to turn off the hardcore base. Even if the action level of the matches is good. Negative three stars for this segment, negative two for the intro and match negative one more for the smell. Okay. Speaking of the smell. Terry Taylor in the locker room here with Missy Hyatt. What do you think she's saying?
2: Well, she's looking at, uh, can you tell me, is uh, Tom Zink over there? Uh, If Tom Zink is over there somewhere, I know Tony Schiavone's got to be around. And I promised, well, I didn't really promise Tony, but 39%. Promise Tony what? Yeah, I'll just stooge it off for you. Okay, maybe Schiavone's taking a shower. Now we get to see the button on the fur coat. Oh, it's the thing that Lowe's talked about a lot. Let's go. Holy shit. Hey, what the fuck are you motherfucking motherfucking doing? I'm going to bend over here and I'm going to take his hat and I'm going to whip your little ass with it. There you go. Get the fuck out of my locker room. And yes, I do put a plug in the back end when I'm taking a shower. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, there you go. And that is that. Interesting stuff, huh? Oz. Uh, Bear, indeed. The bears pissing on the ramp. Oz and Missy Hyde in the men's shower and getting, uh, getting her fanny whipped by, uh, a Texan with a hat. None of that would work today. <laughs> Kill it. Okay. Bears pissing, hanging a monkey and whipping a woman in the men's shower. You think any of that would, would fly in 2019? No, no, but I mean, at
0: I mean, the same time, you're the guy trying to set up prostitution rings.
2: Nah, I am not. And that's a fucking lie. You legit offered. I legit did not. You
0: offered Tyleen Buck a thousand dollars a month to come service you.
2: Well, okay. That's fine. But I'm not trying to set up a. Okay. Flying Brian and Barry Windham. Now here in this matchup on super bowl, super ball, a brawl. Uh, and, um. Here comes flying Brian, dun, dun, dun. not the yellow dog yet, but flying Brian. Dun, 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 dun. this match, I don't know what, uh, tip me off on this match. How many stars?
0: Uh, this is, um, on paper, seems like it's going to be outstanding.
2: That's why Barry I
0: asked and Brian right. Pillman. It is a good match. Um, Meltzer gave it three and a quarter stars. Okay. And he says. Give dusty credit for this. The odd skit was real. Odd skit was really a turnoff live. And the show was in the toilet at that point. This match, which was almost guaranteed to be good, took the show right out of the toilet. And I guess all the way to the sink, uh, juiced in the first
2: minute. Yeah, I, I don't agree. I look, I don't agree that a shitty thing that just happened can completely ruin a show. I think you can pull the show out of it. And uh, and I think the show was pulled out of the toilet. Not necessarily by this match, but this was a good start. I see him, Wyndham man. Just Barry was so big and so agile and so God, he was. You know, you, you talk so much about second generation wrestlers. I think Barry Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes are maybe two of the best ever. Yep. And Cody. Watch out! Boy, Barry could do a lot of stuff.
0: Two very, very talented performers here. Yeah, Barry Windham's going to be a star cast. Oh, Oz is going to be a star cast.
2: Oh, uh, Kevin Barry Sullivan
0: Windham? is going to be a star cast.
2: Barry Wyndham's a star cast. Yep, that I look forward to.
0: Dustin Rhodes is a star cast.
2: Oh, uh, God! This is this is going to be. It is absolutely going to be the greatest week. Now I'm not going to say history, but it's going to be the greatest week of of my year just to be there and be around all my friends, the people I haven't seen in a long time. And I know Barry's had some health problems. I just, I hope he's doesn't want to go out drinking. Maybe his health is bad because I had my worst drunks with Barry Wyndham with me or me with Barry Wyndham. But, uh, Man, that's great. That is great news. That is going to be quite a week. Conrad.
0: I'm glad you're gonna have fun. I am
2: I'm gonna be away from Lois in Las Vegas for the entire week is uh is Tiling Buck coming?
0: uh no okay
2: Just was curious we was talking about all the stars former stars that could be there. Hey, pick up in a slam and uh, right now, wow. Love that when he would do that drop kick from the from the mat diagonally up to a guy on the ring, ring ropes. Not many people did that.
0: I love the top rope punch here with the tape um, fist.
2: That's what Barry's going to juice here. I think. Oh, here we go.
0: You think he'll do it right in front of the camera like Hulk Hogan did for us
2: last week? I doubt it. Dangerous place for your announced team to be. Right there. I tell you, I told you the house shows. Women, Wyndham with juice and chasing me around the ring Remember when I was the ring announcer. He would juice and he would do like the, what we call like the zombie death walk. And he would walk towards me. And I knew that unless I got out of the way, he would land on me and make sure that my tux was bloody. So I would run from him.
0: <clears> he <throat> didn't want the blood.
2: I uh, no. Why not? Because it, I had a. Would you want it to be bled on when you had a show to do
0: in my head? If you wouldn't have sold it, he would have stopped. Oh,
2: (laughs) yeah. You don't know Barry. Uh, if anybody could fuck with you, it was Barry. Oh my God. This yeah, wow. I didn't know what was coming, but I knew something big was coming. And that was a great spin wheel kick.
0: I feel like that was a transition for a blue chew (laughs) ad. I don't know what was coming, but I knew it was something big. Let me find Tylene Buck here on Twitter. Let me line this up. Uh, Don't, don't, don't,
2: don't, 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 don't. It's a routine. No, it's a routine. It's a routine. It's, it's a, it's a ha ha moment. It's a funny moment here on what happened when it ain't real. Okay. Stop it. You go get my ass in trouble.
0: I have $1,000
2: Oh, with your name on it. Oh my God. What am I going to do? I got to run. I got to hide. I got to. Looks like I'm not coming back after StarCast.
0: You gonna oh. move, you're going to move out there? <laughs> I might have to. Get, get a new crossbar hotel. Cross. Podcast appearance for Tony Shivani. Hey, Tylene. My name is Conrad Thompson. Oh. And I host a podcast really?
2: <laughs>
0: with Tony Schiavone.
2: Oh, stop. Man.
0: Called What Happened When? Oh. And we would like to know what happened when Tony oh. gave you $1,000 per month oh. for what he calls conjugal visits.
2: Okay, so down goes... Uh, we're, I realize I completely lost my this focus doesn't here.
0: sound very yeah. appealing. Mm. However, our show is sponsored by Blue Chew. Mm.
2: Belly, uh, look at this. So Great vertical suplex. Go up top, Brian.
0: While Tony,
2: Tony's
0: um, gimmick may not be... Very substantial
2: The money is I can right? assure Period. you <laughs> Okay, so watch out here It is superplex. Very hard <laughs> One I'm talking two, about hard Wow, great finish to the match Superplex, look at Wyndham Hard and Did stop. you hear me,
0: telling? Blue Chew Really <laughs> works But don't take my word for it. (laughs) Give Tony a spin.
2: Yay. Barry Windham is your winner.
0: Actually, he'd like to give you a spin.
2: (laughs) Meanwhile, Conrad, back to the match.
0: And he has $1,000. Oh, God. Every month. Oh. Now, thanks to (laughs) Patreon. That's right. Oh. We have... Gone to crowdfunding (laughs) Tony's sex life. He was gifted (laughs) your pocket pussy last year and has made regular deposits ever since.
2: Oh, God. Is this Diamond Dallas page? What are
0: you doing? this Memorial Day mm-hmm.
2: weekend.
0: Yeah. Diamond Else Page. Here you go. Listen to this.
3: And you know, it's gotta make you five and diamonds. Envious as can be to see a man like DDP talking loud, being proud Good God drawn a crowd. And you know, I told the world I was gonna have the straps back around. The fabulous Freebirds, Jimmy Jam Garvin, Michael Piola sex the Hayes. Good God, Fantasia out of nowhere, Big Daddy Dick, we had it all down. I got it all. I got Money I haven't folded yet, the delicious Diamond dials, and now the Diamond Mine, the greatest talk show in the history of world championship wrestling. And you know, today at Super Brawl, we got a match of all matches, two super egos facing two super egos. I'm talking about the Steiners, and I'm talking about Lex Luger and Sting. Well, it just so happens that I'm going to have them on the show here today, but not right here. Let's head to the video and see what they got
1: to say. Good job. Everything's there, all the ingredients, the butterflies. And-
0: what do you think Sting is saying? I mean, what that uh, Lex Luger saying here.
2: Mm, Sting, I have a better body than you, and I'm a bigger star. No, the fuck you're not. You're not a bigger star than me. We may own a gym together, main event fitness, really right off of Interstate 75, Wendy Hill, we may enter together, but I'm the bigger fucking star and you're just a swolt up guy on my left. That's right.
0: What do you think DDP is saying here?
2: Mm, I think he's probably saying, let's bring him out, man. He's going to be a big star one day and check him out. And you know what, you know what this said to me, Conrad, it did say big star, didn't it to you when he came out? I mean, I think he could be
0: at some point. I mean, he looks like what, I mean, the prototype for a wrestler, right. And it's amazing, you know, the, the way the hair styled the toothpick, Right. Like. Wow. This is early razor Ramon.
2: Yes, it is. It's the beginning of razor Ramon. I just, when he walked out, I remember thinking, wow, this guy looks the part.
0: Yeah. He's gigantic.
2: Yeah. And then they are going down there and I'm thinking, whoa, oh, they're just taking that off. It was
0: weird to me that he wore his tights so high up. Hmm. But I mean, he's as jacked as you can get right there. That's probably the biggest Scott hall was, huh?
2: Oh, absolutely. there's without question. Ha ha. Got that in the girl in the middle. Didn't know her lines. I like the way it. he's just
0: uh, barking at him. And like when they first came to him, he said into the mic and it went over the air. Are we live?
2: <laughs> WCW.
0: How did he want to be a part of the business? Do you think? What's that? Ask that again. Why do you think diamond Dallas page wanted to be a part of the business? He's not a wrestler here. He's a six foot five manager.
2: We have because he, I, I think he thought that his talk and his rap, if you will. And his, his appearance was good for, I, he wanted to be, he wanted to be an announcer. You know, they worked, they tried him out a couple of matches with me and worldwide. And they wanted him to be an announcer. I don't think it worked out for him there. So I I think he looked at, I think he looked at a guy like Jesse Ventura and thought I can be Jesse Ventura. I can be a, a great color commentator, be a great guy on the stick. Hell, if Paulie dangerously can do a, a segment, if Roddy Piper can do a segment, if brother love can do a segment, uh, shit, I can do one. That's why I think he got into wrestling. Is there something in his, oh boy. Ooh, Lordy. Either El Gigante was hurting or he just didn't really want to come to the ring. <laughs> I'll just pick it up.
0: Every time I think about El Gigante, I think about the way you described uh, a body part of his.
2: Mm. Ooh, roll of bologna. I don't know why that's funny to me, but it is. <laughs> because have you seen a roll of bologna? I was saying his no. Okay, no, not his, but it's got to be, man. I got that. I got that line from a friend of mine. <laughs> we were at the Greensboro Coliseum. His name is J.L. We went to the Greensboro Coliseum together, and we saw Andre the Giant. This is back in the seventies, in a battle royal match, or as some of my friends call it, battle Royale match, and my friend turned to me looking serious. He said, how how, how big do you think the dick is on this guy? I said, I don't know. He said, ooh, probably a roll of bologna. And it, I fell out when he said that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, is that what we're thinking about right now? And so there. So with elegante, you would think if Andre had a roll of bologna, elegante could have had one. Or he could have had just a sliced off roll of bologna in a fur coat. You never know Just enough you know the nub of the Roller baloney there that could have been all It was <laughs> Trying to sell there isn't he God bless him. <laughs> here he comes oh man Look at that cloth. no one no one Bought it did they No one at ringside is buying this at all
0: Guess we should Mention here <coughs> Meltzer gave this a negative one star. Yeah. He says vicious showed up and did his job over the last week. The word was that if vicious didn't show up. The WCW wasn't going to release him from his contract until it expired on September 5th, believe it or not, the folks at Titan were pretty adamant about vicious showing up as well, even though it would mean their star attraction would probably do a clean job. Still WCW planned, uh, Elegante versus one man gang in the format sheets. And I think many of us had a false sense of how far Elegante had progressed by seeing him so often in with people like Flair and Wyndham. It was like watching two blind men trying to wrestle one another. As soon as the pin took place, Vicious got up like nothing happened and walked off while gang and Kevin Sullivan attacked Elegante and hit him with the stretcher before Elegante recovered and they ran off. Or there were people mad because it was supposed to be a stretcher match. Everything about this match was a bad situation, but after watching the match Sid versus L wouldn't have been nearly as much as I thought at the houses afterwards, because it was evident within seconds that the tension of this match of giants was gone within 30 seconds when it was evident as to how clueless they were to pull it off. Negative one star. Mm. So yeah, supposed to be a stretcher match. Sid's supposed to get laid out and put on a stretcher, but he ain't having that. He's going to go be Sid Justice for Vince McMahon.
2: And there's the wizard. Just like Kevin would get involved in anything, man. Those. Who was, was your go-to guy? Sullivan was. Uh, let's put uh, George Gray on the uh, gurney here. God, George was lost here. Not George Gray, George Gonzalez or Jorge or whatever his name really was. He was lost. And the fans are like, what the fuck? Oh, powder in the eye. Was, uh, and, and of course I don't remember, but you can chat me up on this. Was this our last El Gigante major appearance in a pay-per-view?
0: I mean, fucking
2: shouldn't it be? Oh yes, it should be.
0: Yeah. He died in 2010.
2: Yeah. I, I knew he'd passed away. Oh, you knew everything. Not only everything, but I knew his career died on this night.
0: Oh,
2: may 19th, 1991. Yeah. But dusty and J R. are going to sell it, man. What we got here is the big motherfucker that was overbooked. I don't know who brought him in. I don't know who Oh, it was Jim Heard. Same motherfucker, give us Candyman, give us Arachnaman, give us this big motherfucker, and they say go book him. And I say, okay, I'll book him, but the motherfucker can't work and I'm not gonna put him on another pay per view.
0: Well he was though. He was on Great American bash ninety one against one man gang. I'll just set it up right in front of your fucking eyes. Oh, uh,
2: okay. Well, just because they set it up doesn't mean they're gonna come back with it.
0: Okay, well he was also on Halloween Havoc. Okay. He was teaming with the Steiner Brothers to take on Abdul the Butcher, Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack, and Big Man Vader. It was a Chamber of Horrors match.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember that. And now we have Doom in a Cage. He was also on Starcade. Battle Bowl. Okay, good. He kept going.
0: You were fucking wrong. That's all.
2: I said I didn't know. I said, chat me up.
0: And I did. I chatted you up. Now you want me to shut up.
2: No, no, I don't want you to shut up. You just started chatting me up after you going to make, I'm going to make sure I look like an ass. Then I'm going to chat him up.
0: I like making you feel like an ass.
2: (laughs) Feel like an ass. I feel like an ass every day. I was talking about look like an ass. Oh, it's not how you feel. Sometimes it's how you look.
0: You see, uh, Chris Jericho, uh, helped save Kamala's house this week. I did not. He was about to lose his house to taxes. Uh, they're about to foreclose, I guess, or maybe it was delinquent payments too. Either way, they're trying to raise like 12 grand or something like that. And Jericho swooped in with a $5,000 donation. So Kamala gets to stay.
2: You know, isn't that, uh, we need more stories like that. Legitimate stories of wrestlers helping other wrestlers or helping people who were big in the business. We do. We need more stories like that. And I'm not talking about wrestlers going to a children's hospital with the cameras in tow. I'm talking about just wrestlers helping wrestlers. Because there's a lot of great guys who need help in the business. And Kamala always, obviously was one. I mean, don't you think, I, and I'm not talking about money money here. But don't you think we, and, and this is why I think, this is one of the things I think that that StarCast is is so great. StarCast 2 is going to be even better than the first one. Is that we're getting to Arn Anderson, right? Arn Anderson, who meant so much of this business. And Arn's done very well for himself. I'm not talking about financial. But Arn Anderson is finally going to get to be in front of the fans, tell his stories. Fans will ask him his questions. And Arn will be able to... Walk away from, you know, the business, not being a, an agent or a producer behind the scenes and be able to enjoy the fans love for him. And I think that's, that's so important. And that's, I I think that's kind of one of the things that makes this event coming up so great. And I know I sound like I'm selling it, which I am, but I'm also being, you know, honest too. I'm going to get, I'm going to run in the crowd and ask Aaron questions.
0: That'd be great. Yeah. Are you going to host it? Uh, no, I mean, I might have you do something. Oh, okay. I don't have a host for that one figured out yet. I'd love to do it. I thought you might say that. So we got, uh, doom breaking up here, which I'm not high on. I like doom as a tag team, but. Gonna have a little, uh, situation here. Former tag team partners against each other, butch Reed and Ron Simmons and high above the ring and, The old JJ Dillon cage is old peanut head.
2: Teddy long changes. Do he dangerous do rag. He had a yellow do rag on with Johnny B bad. Now he's got a purple do rag on. And here we go. What is on top of the cage there? Is that pyro things on top of the cage? I guess it is. You're right. I I agree. I I didn't like doom breaking up. I thought they were, they were great together. Hell of a tag team. Hmm. You know, we're look. That's a good shot. That really is a good shot with Teddy up high in his all white suit and his purple do rag. How long did this cage match go? Too long. Yeah. It could, it could, it it really, these two guys in a cage. Yeah. I I, I get why. And I understand it, but yeah, probably too long for these guys to go.
0: They're going to go, uh, two and a half stars for nine minutes and 25 seconds. Simmons, of course, bleeding early, Mm -hmm. a lot of brawling, not the best action. Uh, and Meltzer would say people just aren't into this feud. And I agree.
2: Yeah.
0: Next up is the match that, uh, one match of the night in your favorite, right? Uh, we get the Steiners and sting and Lex and they do a, a fun little video before that. And then we're home stretching because I mean, think about how great these matches are and they touch Rick and Scott Steiner versus <laughs> sting and Lex Luger. Then Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson, then Ric Flair and Tatsumi Fujinami. That's big time.
2: That's 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 big time going home.
0: You're right. Not a huge gate here. It's only 76,000. Uh, Bayfront Center in uh, St. Petersburg Paid attendance, 4,887 um, Meltzer would say it looked Like the crowd was set up uh, For 6,500 And he he would have guessed That the crowd was around 6,000 The WWF show the previous night Was at the Sun Dome in Tampa And on top they had Ultimate Warrior and uh, Undertaker And they drew 5,100 And the gate was only 56,000 So the paid attendance is nearly identical, but WCW is charging higher ticket prices because it's a pay-per-view. So interesting time, huh?
2: It is. And the Bayfront Center, if I recall, was not a a large 10,000 seat type building. It was like maybe 8,000 or so. Uh, And I'm not sure I could be wrong. It could be, you know, a bigger building, but I, I thought it ended up looking pretty good on camera. You know, this uh you say this match got two and a half or two and three quarter stars or whatever. That's not that's not bad. That's for this match, it's not bad at all. If you think about these two guys who are brawlers in a cage, you know. You know, we we talk so much about and rightfully so, Ron Simmons being the world champion and having a great career and being a legit motherfucking badass that you wouldn't want to fuck with. But I think sometimes we miss out on how how good of a hand, if I can use that old JR. term, how good of a hand uh, Axel Butch Reed was. Because he had a good career and he did, did some good things. And he reinvented himself many times. I mean, wasn't at one time, didn't he have blonde hair? Didn't we see that earlier? One of our shows and. And he was doomed with a mask and. I just thought he was pretty good. He was over in Florida. And probably Louisiana and Texas too.
0: That's just a deep cut for our something to wrestle listeners. Uh, okay. We think that, about fucking Jay Z going full tilt on this Bojangles shit.
2: I know. Do you know I'm going to be on his podcast? What? Yes, I am. Promoting our podcast on his podcast.
0: Yeah, because I'm sure a lot of people listen to that, but don't know what this show is. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're misunderstanding what the way promotion works,
2: uh, okay. So maybe, you maybe, think I should, maybe I should, tomorrow, I th-
0: maybe tomorrow you can just stand out in front of your house and yell at cars as they go by. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I want. I'm going to get one of those little flippy signs. Like they've got it like Schlotsky's or something. I want you to be out front just spinning. Oh, that'd be a great job for job or Shivani. Give his ass some purpose in life little direction. Wow. Oh, hey, I just realized as I talked about your jobber (laughs) son. Oh, I guess I kayfabe. I I said son. Uh, anyway, I've realized I forgot to call back your non-jobber son. Well, I got busy. I understand. Oh, oh, pile driver. That's, that's what jobber Shavani is going to do when he sees me one day.
2: (laughs) No, he's not a violent kid. Uh, he might be if I keep calling him a jobber. Right. You, uh, need to call back Matt. I do. I agree. Yep. He's like, uh once anyway, uh, well, this Matt, this uh, shows is grinding sick. to a halt here. Yes, it is. Uh, and, it it picked up a little steam when we were doing a lot of the crazy shit, like Oz and bears pissing on a runway. Nobody
0: cares about this.
2: And right. And, and Missy Hyatt, you know, going into the locker room again and the stories about Missy and Tommy Rich. That's when it was great. But now, uh, but I do want to say to Ron Simmons, my good friend, longtime co personal friend. I love you.
0: Ron Simmons will be a star cast.
2: Yes, Absolutely. Hey, you let, me, know,
0: let me ask, do you think, um, why do you think this feud wasn't resonating with the crowd? Is it butch Reed? Is it Ron Simmons? Or is it the fact that it's a heel team splitting up and nobody cares?
2: That's exactly what it is. But heel teams have heel teams have. Have split up before and people have cared one, becoming a babyface, baby face one, becoming a heel. I think, and this is not me trying to second guess booking. I think you need to make a, you do a better job of making one of these guys your baby face before you turn him baby face. Does that make sense to you? Yep. Okay. I'm going to go back to the old standby. All right. The old standby was blackjack and Ric Flair. Blackjack turned a baby face on Ric Flair and by the time that they turned babyface, baby face, the fans were ready for him to turn baby face because the way they had positioned him prior to the angle happening. And it worked. And I'm not so sure that Ron was positioned as a good enough baby face here at that time. But the, then again, I'm talking about what, what I remember in the late seventies. And now here we are in 91 and I know business changes and things change and so yeah, and of course maybe also there's there's also the the fact that fans like Doom like you did, you know, and they didn't want to see him split. That could add something to do with it. Two foot on the rope. And there, wow, that's some pretty. I don't know if those were working shots or not. And there could be the fact that uh, now. Was this the final blow off of these two, or was this like their first match?
0: Uh, I think everybody prayed for it to be a mercy killing.
2: Okay. Cause I'm saying is in, in the, in the old school wrestling, you have a match, you have a no disqualification, you have a no countout match or whatever. Pinfalls can, then you, you blow it off in the cage. If you go right to the cage in the feud, then you haven't let the feud build enough. Now, again, that's, that's really old school mentality, but it may come into play here. So I don't know where they were in the storyline of this. Really? I don't, I should, but I don't, uh, I don't know if this is their first match, uh, w- with Teddy long being in the shark cage, or as you said, the JJ J. Dillon Cage. It, it may have been the blow off to this one, but yeah, fans are not digging it at all.
0: They did. By the way, the, um, the next show is, uh, the, the world's worst show, which is great American bash 91. The one where flair is not there. So this is Flair's last WCW pay-per-view before he heads to the WWF.
2: Yeah. It's a show that we have in our archives. Yep. Uh, with, uh, I believe Luger and Wyndham. Yep. In a cage. In
0: this same cage. Yes, sir. That's the one with the crappy scaffold match. The capture the flag match with P and N news teaming with Bobby Eaton against Steve Austin and Terrence Taylor.
2: Oh. Thank you for the reminders. There's Klondike. Klondike Bill sighting. He had to jump it up and down. God, Simmons was, God, he was a badass. Okay, and we're going to see Teddy throw the chain. Oh, good toss there, Teddy. Right over the referee's head, who didn't even see it. Referee turned that way. Didn't even see it. He ducks. And then Ron Simmons with the sidewalk slam, buddy. Just damn. He's your winner. All right. So now we're going to have some real good matches. The tag match that we talked about—that I know you're ready to shit on. Yep. Dusty, uh, Justin's bolo there, uh, and of course Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson, which is a just hell shit. The only thing you had to say, well, even if you didn't, even if it came across as a bad match, you would think that Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson were good just because of how good they are. And then of course Flair and Fujinami. A
0: lot on cameras here. Yeah, Dusty had himself on camera a lot. Right. Um, I guess we should. We'll play the audio for this video because it's it's pretty wild. All right. Um, as a fan, as a kid, these were my four favorite WCW wrestlers. I love the Steiner brothers. I love Sting. I love Lex Luger, and and they're going to do their best to do a a big package here music sets it all. I know we bag on WCW
2: for some stuff, but
0: that package as a kid, it was awesome.
2: Oh yeah. That's cool. Well done. Music brought it home. It really did. Here we are. Steiner brothers sting and Lex Luger. Hey, how about those?
0: I got those. Did you really? ever have any of those glue action figures back in the day?
2: No, I did not. No. How
0: about I- the, uh, the pyro going off as the guys are walking down? Watch Luger's reaction when he realizes, oh, fuck, we're going to have to walk through that. (laughs) Here we go. The fuck? Look at Luger. (laughs) So great. (laughs) So, yeah, he's sporting the uh, new United States title there. I think this is its uh, first pay-per-view with this one.
2: It's a good-looking belt.
0: It is. It looks great in my office. That's the coolest wrestling thing I've acquired in the last year.
2: Number one, Frankenstein, baby, come on! Let's bring the Steiner brothers in.
0: I need one of those sting jackets.
2: He had cool jackets. Do you
0: have any of those? No, you, I, 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 I need one.
2: Okay, you need one. All right. Yeah.
0: Got those Letterman oh, jackets, though. We're we're gonna see him. Yeah, I should ask him. He's ask. Gonna, he's gonna be at
2: uh, Starcast.
0: Unfortunately, Lex Luger is not. He's booked that weekend. Try to get him another time.
2: Well, you know what's going to happen, don't you? What? In years to come, when performers all around the world, all around the world, figure out when StarCast is, they're going to make sure they're available. There'll be no more, oh, I'm booked anymore. Because it's the destination, if you will. I love those tag
0: titles and love. These four performers, but this match, man, with the ending, just not for me. Meltzer really dug the match though. Uh, he gave it four and a half stars. He says they showed the video before the match began. I was really surprised about a lot of things in this match. First, of course, is just how good it really turned out to be, but also the amount of heat generated in a battle of baby faces. The heat was super far and away the most on the show. And considering this was a total Japanese style match, it says something about how the crowds are changing and what they really want. I expected it to be like road warrior Steiners from star key nine trading big moves, but the crowd, not popping big sting was the MVP of the show. And it was the besties look since coming back from the knee injury. All four guys obviously put a lot into the match, both in the ring and also putting it together. The Steiners were cheered slightly more throughout the match, but it didn't seem like anyone was being booed. So he really dug it. Um, You know, the, the finish is what it is, you know, I like the little post-match thing, but Meltzer says it was also a cheap non-finish that took a lot away from what was one of the best matches of the year. So it's a really, really good match, but the ending just.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, and unfortunately that adds a tendency to make a match, as you said, just the, the finish. But the fact is, again, our buddy, our buddy Dave Meltzer, who I consider a buddy, our buddy, our good friend Dave Meltzer, confuses the word heat with the word fan reaction. And, of course, I don't even know that there is ever what is really considered heat in wrestling anymore. There used to be heat back when the curtain wasn't drawn back and... Fans got really, Oli Anderson had tremendous heat. Hell, he got stabbed. He got cut. That's heat. Um, So, but those days are gone. And maybe for the best. Because if anybody says wrestling isn't still viable, eh, more today than ever before. Than ever before. You're going, You're going to try to call, to call, this, call this match. match. All right. you want me to? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Luger pushes him back into the corner and Rick Steiner, the dog-faced gremlin goes right out again. Steiner is not going to back down at all here into the ropes. Oh, he just shrugged Steiner off that time. My God. Did you see that? Steiner was going to hit him with a shoulder. He just shrugged him off and now a power slam by Luger. Here's a cover. One, two. No, it's only a two count. Luger tried to get that finished quickly. Tried to get it in the match early. And there have been something right. If Steiner would have gone down to the one, two, three without Sting or even his brother coming in, there's the dog face. Gremlin Oh, release German suplex out of the corner. Rick Steiner measuring him out. There's that Steiner line coming out from the side and the fans responding. As Luger goes down. Well, little indecision that time referee over one, two, and he got a two count that time. I don't know. Could you say the referee was out of position there? Or that could have been a three count quite possibly. Now Luger back up, uh, Steiner will shoot him into the ropes. Other side Luger hits in belly to back or oh, a back body drop. Actually, boy, I, am I rusty back body drop and Luger goes down and out of the other side Luger hits a quarter oh, Luger. He actually had a good clothesline. And that time even didn't. Didn't even really try to tag in Sting, although Sting was ready for the tag in. Luger not done yet. Oh, look at this. Gorilla press slam. Now here comes Sting. Steiner back to his feet. Sting sends him over and outside and down on the floor. And watch out. Scotty Steiner down. Sting's going to take flight over the top. Oh, my goodness. What a maneuver.
0: I recently had a conversation with, uh, Jim Ross about the challenges of doing a three-man booth compared to a two-man. Can you talk about that?
2: Yeah, the, the challenge was Jim always thought, and, and I don't think I I really thought this because I knew we were doing TV. Jim always thought that it was his job as a play-by-play guy to do the commentary while action was in the ring. And then when there was something on the outside, a rest hold maybe, or a guy flew on the outside, that was the time for the color guy to get involved. But if you had a, a tag, or you had a three-man booth, then as a play-by-play guy, I always thought it was my job not only to call the match, but also give whoever was in the booth with me their chance to say something. Or number one, they would be pissed off. Or number two, they would be irrelevant. So you had to... I thought lay out a little bit more than you normally would as a play-by-play guy, uh, with a three man, than he did a two man. And sometimes it made it awkward. And sometimes I think it worked well. I, I think me and Heenan and, and, uh, Tanae worked very well because today would be able be able to get in his stuff. And if that, uh, if that third color guy did some play-by-play, it didn't ever bother me. What, uh, what did JR say about him?
0: Nothing. He just said that, you know, he wasn't necessarily a fan of the three-man booth. He preferred the two. And I guess when you're trying to control traffic, right. that can become challenging. Talk to us a little bit about how that happens. And typically when you have a three-man booth, what everyone's role is and how you guys know, you know, how to not step on each other.
2: Well, you know, well, I did a lot of pointing, uh, to today and I did a lot of pointing to, uh, to Madden. And, and, and I didn't have to do much pointing to Hudson because Scott had a pretty good sense of timing. He knew when to pick it up. And of course there's a lot of times that Scott will go into play by play mode, which never bothered me. It really, it really didn't. And, and I think maybe it could have bothered J R that, you know, that someone was talking too much. I, I don't know. Cause I only work with J R in a two man booth, but I did a lot of pointing in the back. And of course we had the set, the nitro set in the back. And when I was finished, Wrapping up my stuff, I would either point to Mike Tanay or I'd point to Bobby Heenan. Uh, not to say you have my permission to talk, but go ahead and talk. I'm done with what I'm saying, and uh, so the, the, those were challenges. There's no question about it. I think, to be very honest with you, I think we we did we did a better job as a three man team back then than they do now. The WWF or the WWE. I think a lot of times that they are given lines in the WWE and we were not given lines that much back then, at least early on, we weren't, I think they're given so many lines to the WWE to say, and they are so trying to impress Vince as an announced team that they step on each other a lot, especially in raw. I think they do. And that, that, that's not, that's not a slight to Renee or Corey or, or even Michael Cole. But I just think there's a lot of talking at the same time. And that's when I think it doesn't work. When I'm, when I'm listening to, when I'm, you know, Lois likes, she doesn't really watch anymore. She likes to watch, did like to watch Fox TV, Fox news. And when they get three people on there debating and they all talk at the same time, that fucking turns me off. When I listen to a radio show and we got uh, sports talk guys talking at the same time, it fucking turns me off immediately. So th- I, I think as a play-by-play guy, that was your, wow, look at that bulldog. That was your, uh, that was your, you had to put over the talent, you had to make it sound exciting, but you also had to let everybody get their stuff in and try to make it smooth as well. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, I know, uh, later in life, he really shit on me. I don't know what he said about me being at the announce booth. I really don't care, but that's the way it really happened back then. I always thought it was important as a play-by-play guy to let the color guy get his stuff in because it would just be you listening to me talk like we just did a few minutes ago, which, you know, I know I had some exciting moments, but it doesn't work with one guy doing it. It doesn't. JR and I, years ago, went to Orlando, the Orlando Convention Center. I don't even know if JR remembers this or not. And we did a show on the wrestling hotline and Jr. talked almost the entire time. And I remember going in the back and Jr. said, well, you didn't say much. And I said, well, Jim, it's radio. And I didn't need to say much. You, you were, you were in your element, buddy. And I would say a few things, just let him do it. Uh, TV, it was a little bit different. The fans saw it. You could lay out. You could, you could lay out right here and let your color man talk. You call the move or react to the move. Not necessarily call it because they're seeing it react to it. And then as they're selling, or if they're on the outside, see here, here's when the play-by-play guy should pick it up with the Lariat and Steiner slugs him in the back with a forearm shot and Steiner picks it up here. Here's another one. Tombstone pile driver. Maybe, no, maybe not. Play-by-play guy is still in here, is in mode here, and now there, he's not covering. Let the play, the color guy talk here, and now play-by-play guy takes over. One, two, three. So there, you can you can you can do it. You can do it with three guys. And and I also believe I I also believe I work well with three guys too, Conrad. And and I'm honest about this because I didn't care, I didn't want to talk all the time, I didn't want to get I don't care what people have read or heard. I didn't want that to be the Tony Schiavone get over show and I'm driving the bus and I want to talk. I wanted to, I wanted to have a good show and I want to, I want to Heenan and today or look at
0: this fucking finish right here.
2: Uh that's it. Right.
0: So Nikita with the chain doing the Russian sickle aiming for Luger mm-hmm. sting sees what's coming, pushes Luger out of the way, takes it himself. Kyle are going to make the cover and the fans go mild.
2: Yeah, they didn't buy it. It's better than a DQ finish though. Really? It's better than a count out or a DQ or something. I mean, I don't know if that reaction shot worked. What happened? What happened? What happened? I don't know. He came in. What happened? Now he's saying Nikita wrapped the chain. What? And Sting's pissed and he's going to go after Nikita and okay. We're in the back here. Uh, what happened Nikita?
0: Here Here we go. I I'm gonna play the audio here, Tony.
3: What's was in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's what's going on. Oh my God.
2: Stay in the if We can follow Guys, stay with them now. Stay with them.
0: I gotta tell you, I.
2: I'm
0: gonna tell you what. I like the brawl backstage, especially when it spilled outside. This is way before Raw and Nitro were doing this. So anytime you guys went outside. In this era, it felt
2: special, right? Especially when you heard me say, follow them, stay with them guys. Follow <laughs> the fuck. All right. There you go. Good match. You're right. Shitty finish.
0: Here comes uh, another great match. Mm-hmm. Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson. Meltzer would say these two had the unfortunate task of trying to follow the last match, the match before the main event on most pay-per-views has been a death spot because they've seen so many hot matches by this time. They just want to see the main event. So they put what on paper should have been the best match on the show here to alleviate the problem. And what happens, they have to follow a match of the year. So it's hard to get the crowd into it, but they work solid all the way. And, uh, he puts over that Eaton has dropped a lot of weight Because he's been training and, uh, conditioning like crazy for his June 12th match with Ric Flair. Huh? That's interesting. And here we go. We've got Bobby Eaton. Who's going to be in a singles match here. Let's let you hear his introduction. I forgot. They've got that shitty WWE network music. I'll turn, turn that off, but Mm -hmm. They're really putting over that, you know, he's more than just a tag team wrestler, he's a hell of a man. And this is the opportunity he's always wanted. And we've never seen him, you know, in this, have this opportunity by himself as a single star and he's got a lot to prove tonight and blah, blah, blah.
2: Is that probably the only Bobby Eaton sign you've ever seen.
0: Yes. And here comes Arn Anderson Mm -hmm. strutting that ass with the TV title.
2: And yep. ladies and
3: gentlemen, we are going to play the entrance here from
2: Minnesota. Arn was one of these guys. Don't you agree and that made him look real?
3: He is the WCW How
2: about that world belt?
1: television champion, wow. the enforcer Arn Anderson,
0: man. I love the throat slash and everything. He does da- everything. He did looked
2: serious. Yeah. As you said, he made it look real, Mm, no clowning around with him. He took some heat for that, uh, slash too. you know,
0: there's a special place for people like you at the bottom (laughs) aren't looking good here, got the yellow tights with the black letters and the black boots and the belt here, not the, uh, original red leather TV title. This one instead has black leather and red backing. But I love that TV title design. It's my favorite. I think the one they replaced it with was not as nice. It did eventually grow on me. I call that one sort of the Steve Regal TV title. But uh, I always really like this one. I think that's probably the best television title design around. And I preferred the red over the black. How about you?
2: I do. Red, absolutely. That's what I remember. That's what I remember. Because that's what we had at the studio at TBS. Absolutely, I remember it.
0: Arne took a lot of pride in being the television champion. He told me once that. Uh, quote, that was my world title, you know, it meant as much to him as being the world champion because people, you know, considered him sort of synonymous with that belt. So he took great pride in it and you've got two of the best all time tag team wrestlers ever here in a singles match. And I want you to, this is a master's class in wrestling boys and girls. If you, if you don't normally watch. Uh, these watch alongs with us. I want to encourage you to go watch this one, Arn and Bobby Eaton. We've talked about why, you know, it's hard to get the crowd into it because it's been a long show. This is normally the throwaway spot. They're putting a real match in here and it's after what many would consider a candidate for best match of the year, but they still do a great job with this. And they're trying to make Bobby Eaton and the little nuanced stuff that Arn Anderson does is outstanding. You know, Sean Waltman told me once that anybody can be trained to do the moves. It's what you do in between the moves that makes a wrestler good or even great. And the stuff in between the moves is what Arn Anderson is showcasing here in a big way.
2: Just when he hit him, he would shake his hand. You see that? Yep. That's one of the little things. When Bobby Eden hit him in the face, he checked his teeth. He checked his mouth. See that Aren't putting up those Dukes as if he's punch, punch drunk, bow and down. He goes. Yeah.
0: How, how great a shape is Bobby eating in right here?
2: Wow. He's, he's awesome.
0: He's, he's thin to win right there, man.
2: Yes, he is. And as, as we found out when we were in Nashville, he's truly one of the nicest guys ever. And he, he couldn't say anything bad about anybody. Refused. Refused to, I mean, we, we set him up perfectly.
0: He just wouldn't do it. And not just, you know, on stage in the back. Right. You know, I, I asked, you know, Hey, who do you think the most underrated wrestler you ever wrestled was? And we, we kicked that around for a little bit. And then I said, Hey, who was the worst? And he just wouldn't give an answer. No. And so then when I freestyled Van Hammer, he just laughed and pointed at me. And he said, you said that, not me. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, he was not, I mean, literally there's four of us. It's, you know, us and Cassio. Mm-hmm. And he he ain't doing it. Nope. Not shitting on anybody.
2: I know. He was the ultimate baby face. The ultimate baby face in the back is what it was. Look at this
0: spot right here. A rocket launcher to the ramp.
2: Right amongst the powder and the bear piss. A bear piss. You
0: hated the ramp, right? Oh, big time. I fucking loved it. What I never really considered though. And man, this is, this is dangerous spots here. Yeah, I know. You're going to tease the pile driver. Nope. Back body drop for an he's probably still feeling that one. Mm. Anyway, but I never really considered until I heard Jim Cornette talk about the ramp. Jim Cornette, he fucking hated the ramp too. And on his podcast, he said, the reason he hated it is because you couldn't go around the fucking thing. And I didn't really think about that from a managerial standpoint there's so much of what you could normally do. You can't do here like chasing guys around the ring. That's not a thing anymore. And you know, it takes away a lot of maneuvers that you can use and sort of old school wrestling tactics. I never really considered that.
2: Uh, tell me if I'm wrong or is this just me just having a dream and, and it not really happening. Wasn't there a time that they had built a ramp and then the, they would remove the section right up against the ring. I don't so he, rem, I don't he, remember he, that for some reason, I remember that. I don't know if we tried it one time or maybe it didn't happen. Maybe I was just dreaming that, but for some reason, I remember that. I, and mean, I you, you know, the,
0: they still use ramps now, but the ramps come down to the floor. They don't connect to right. the ring and connecting to the ring. To me, I, I absolutely loved. I love that too. The old school. I'm going to wrap his knee around this pole, but before he does, he looks at the crowd just to get everybody into it a little bit. You think Bobby Eaton ever thought that haircut was cool?
2: Yes, I do. I think people in Huntsville and Florence and all through up there, Muscle Shoals probably still think it is.
0: You reckon those people that you're making fun of clip their goddamn toenails? Cause I know you don't.
2: <laughs> I was waiting. I'm thinking. long pause there. He's got to come up with something. Well, Lois sent
0: me a picture of you in a recliner sacked out. As my mom would say, you were asleep with your dog bug mm-hmm. and your toenails. No shit. Were mm-hmm. two and a half inches long.
2: That was like two years ago.
0: So they're longer now.
2: <laughs> yes. They're much longer. They're much longer. I
0: feel like you should be in one of those National Geographic magazines. <laughs> like those ladies who have like the really long curly fingernails. They're so long, they curl like an Arby's french fry. And
2: I, I loved can- your reaction to that. That shot too. Hey, you didn't miss a beat. You? you fucking climbing trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord,
0: man. I love this old school. Are you grabbing that rope for more leverage? No, mm-hmm.
2: right there. And then he's, he's just when the fans say something.
0: Yeah. I just realized body type wise, mm-hmm. Michael PSA is just like a slightly taller on Anderson.
2: Really? Okay.
0: Dude, if you put those old Freebird tights. In a wig on Arne Anderson.
2: (laughs) I'd give anything for that. Can you imagine? I would have given anything.
0: (laughs) We should, we should text him and ask him what he thought about if, if they would ask him to leave the horseman and join the free birds with him and Garvin.
2: Okay. I'm writing that one down.
0: Can you imagine? Look at that. I love that spot.
2: I do too. Top to bottom. I've never seen that. I don't think. Oh, I've seen it.
0: I mean, if look I at, have, it's been a long time.
2: Yeah, that's, that's good. But look at Bobby selling that still selling the leg. He was hopping over to get to Arn. Oh, that's again, that's uh, like, uh, Waltman said, that's uh, what you do between spots. Arn had wrapped his leg around and Bobby was just hopping around to get there. I can't wait, man, to see him at at Starcast. Can't wait. Bobby's still selling that leg, man. These guys have a hell of a match, Conrad. <laughs> I love Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, great that's is
0: right. every now and again, you'll see him do something and you're like, he's just trying to pop the boys with that.
2: Right. But he was teetering on falling down. And then when Bobby nailed him, he took a hell of a, hell of a bump for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's going back to the leg. As we would say, that's an old Anderson technique. Take one part of the body, work on it, render it useless, <laughs> render it useless. That's the old R Anderson line. He had a lot of great lines
0: I might play an old Arn Anderson promo for us Right here in the middle of this Okay Here you go Here's one of my favorites
2: Tee it up here in just a minute Okay let me know
0: I think these are two of my low-key Favorite wrestlers
2: Oh, don't you? Yeah. they they have. I don't even know if low key, well, I guess maybe low key because they're not figured into the world title.
0: Yeah. They're not running around with face paint and right. Right. So here we go. Here's a great Arn Anderson uh, promo from WTBS. Crockett's holding the stick for him.
1: First of all, we are proud to represent the NWA We're proud, second of all, maybe even first of all, to represent your company. I'm talking Jim Crockett Promotions. By being the world tag team champions in various states, very easily we are the best at what we do. You didn't hear any music. You didn't see any face paint. You don't see any glitter. What you see is plain boots and plain tots. And what you also saw was plain wrestling, which is on the marquee. These days our business gets glamorized by different aspects and different people. And some of them like to the call it showbiz. A lot of people like to think they're stars. I'm telling myself, Rick Flair, James J. Dillon, know that stars are in the sky and stars are in Hollywood. What we are as professional athletes. And every time we come to a building, you got to know, your brothers got to know, those people that have watched us for a lot of years got to know. That's the reason they keep coming back. And last but not least, we got to know that whether we're sick, whether we're hurting a little bit, whether we got problems at home or we had problems making our plane, that we give you 110% because that's what you pay for. And irregardless of what you think, Luger, these people that buy these tickets don't pay our salary. His brother and he does and they pay us real well because we're worth every nickel. Now, when you look in these eyes and you look at that match, that just take place. You see a little Anderson fire coming back because that's my roots. I was learned it. I was taught the old way it is: take a body part and render it useless. And my friend, a three-legged table is worth nothing to anybody. So, in the Crockett Cup, that twenty-inch arm of yours, Luger, can be just as useless as the one we just showed you. We are the best. We are the horsemen.
0: Dude, what a great promo! I love when he finishes with "We are the best. We are the horsemen." And just throws up the four.
2: Again, it goes back to the thing, and Arn knew this better than anybody. You know, you need to know how to end an interview. And he knew how to end it with that punctuation mark. Look at that swinging neck breaker.
0: Dude, these guys are working their ass off here. Yes, they are. Meltzer would say at one point. Uh Wyndham came out to interfere, but Pillman was on his heels and chased him away. Eaton then did the leg drop and got the pin and the crowd popped like crazy since they were expecting the screw job and got the clean pin instead. What a concept. I guess when you rarely give clean pins in the top matches, it does make the clean pin seem like something special. Three and a quarter stars.
2: Even though they missed the pin on camera. Isn't that crazy? Yep.
0: Fucking T V company.
2: TV company missed it on cap. I'm blaming you, Dan Bynum. So though, uh, I guess they'll show some of it again, but they, I mean, they, they got Wyndham and, and Pillman almost running off stage. And here's the finish. Alabama jam. Yes we right, well look how Aaron took it. And there's the one, two, three. Great celebration by Bobby, too. Great celebration by Bobby. So that was good, man. Yeah, and now we go to back. So here I am in the back, and uh, Jim and uh, Dusty, I'm, uh, as you can see to my left, uh, we have uh, members of the uh, Japanese contingent, IWGP. And as you can see, uh, Fujinami is in the back. And I'm going to try to get, I don't know if I'll get Mr. Sato or not, or Saito and uh, maybe get a chance to talk to him. But here he goes, Fujinami and another guy, Mr. Saito. Oh, and here it, yes. Uh, tell me what you think about this match. Uh, this match coming up the world title. I tell you, stop being old commentary. Ninja, make fun of us. Yeah. He shot my shit down. Didn't he? Let's go back to the ring for this main event. I do like
0: the main event. Um, I think this is uh, probably an underrated match. There was a lot of politics involved with this one. You know, uh, Meltzer would write live. This was a lot better match than in Tokyo. Some have told me they didn't think it was that good, uh, but live it was just a stiff, excellent, well-paced match up until the finish. Flair was really alive for this one and sold Fujinami's submissions so well that the match had surprising heat. Flair was the crowd's favorite. But Fujinami's reaction wasn't too bad. And he did all the crowd with the bow and arrow kind of move, which kind of got everyone thinking he was something special. Flair bled after being run into the guardrail. They did the bridging spot and the finish saw uh, Hattori get bumped and immediately Flair got Fujinami from behind with a cradle using the trunks and Villa Alfonso jumped in and countered the fall. Everyone was mad about the finish, which was the design reaction. The idea they wanted to make everyone mad. Uh, At Flair leaving the ring, since Flair was going to be the crowd favorite, since they didn't even really try to get Fujinami over, they needed a finish that would make everyone mad. At least that's the psychological theory. The problem is the continuing years-long trend of diminishing house show crowds should bear this out. Is on today's fans, don't get mad at the heel for the screwjob finish. They get mad at the promotion, which is a fine way to end a pay-per-view card. Yeah. Three and three-quarter stars.
2: See that silver jacket? Yep. I have one of those. I think you need to bring that to Stark House. If I can find it, I may have given it away. How about flair here? Going to
0: come out with a robe mm-hmm. and, uh, he's got some ladies. He's got uh, a maid and a chef and a Butler. And, uh, one of these ladies is going to have what they're describing as a sterling silver platter, right? And he's going to wear his Rolex up to her underneath his robe pop it off and leave it on the deal, which I thought was one of the silly things you guys tried. You guys tried several little gimmicks like this for Rick over the years, and this one kind of seemed a
2: little weird to me. Yeah, this was a uh, this was a Jim Hurd endorsed type thing. Oh. And now we're going to see something that Rick had done many, many times throughout the years. Oh, did I leave my Rolex in the hotel? Did I leave it with that girl? Where is it? There you got the got the short hair, the little he, Dutch boy gimmick. Yeah, didn't want. Uh, I need. I want to, uh, and I want you to help me out with this. Well, we were in the Tokyo Egg Dome. Yep. Earlier in the year. Yeah. Fujinami beat Flair. Yep. We came back with the world title belt. That's right. I remember we were in Rapungi in Japan, in Tokyo afterwards, and. We were all in the bar, and I was talking to Dusty about this, that I didn't understand how Flair lost the title, but we didn't give him the belt. And Dusty basically said, we're going home with the belt, that's it. What What? What happened there? Did we screw over New Japan Pro Wrestling or IWGP or whatever and say, yes, we'll give you the title, but we're going to keep the belt and not let him have the belt?
0: You got to remember the world was... This is pre-internet. So it was presented two different ways. Uh, during the show, it's announced that the world title is on the line, the NWA world title, but not the WCW world title. Now in the U S people consider those championships to be the same and represented by the same belt. Right. Well, everywhere people consider that. And the announcers said that the IWGP heavyweight title was also on the line, even though they didn't say that during the introductions, the Japanese crowd believes that Fujinami beat Flair by pinfall. Therefore he won the NWA world title, but the title change was completely ignored in the U S claiming that Fujinami was disqualified for throwing Rick over the top rope. And therefore he did not win the match.
2: Right. I remember that.
0: So they do the rematch here and they're going to see Flair regain the NWA title. But realistically, WCW is just going to say that it was a successful title defense against Fujinami. So it's acknowledged by the NWA, but not acknowledged by WCW. And that makes no sense, but technically those are separate things, but I guess they're represented by the same belt. Hopefully that's just as confusing for you as it is for me. But the reality is, you know, they let Fujinami, quote unquote, win the belt that night, and then later said, "Nope, didn't count." I threw him over the top rope, so it was a DQ, so the belt came home.
2: Yeah, and if I recall, Jr. and I, JR and I were the announcers, the voice over the tape afterwards. So we did say that, and I, and I remember, you know, the over the top rope. We had to explain that, but and all that being said, I just thought. And I I was kind of, you know, at this time, I was very sensitive to bad finishes. And I just thought we, we completely fucked the crowd in Japan at that time. Because the crowd was so big, it was gigantic in Tokyo Egg Dome. And I thought I was just kind of sensitive to, you know, crowd thinking what they got and didn't get it. So I was confused. And I just wasn't sure that was the right thing to do, but... God, here we are 18 years later, what the fuck, right?
0: There's the uh, bow and arrow that got everybody's attention.
2: Mm-hmm. And here we had two referees, one on the outside.
0: I just realized looking at these boots, I used to own one of those. One of them? Yeah. I never had a pair of those, but I had one of those and WWE lost it.
2: Really? Yeah. They fuck, they lose it. It's pretty cool. They're doing some pretty good stuff here.
0: Yeah, they are. Flair's selling his ass off for him. Yes, he is. I'm always curious in a mess like this, like, how do you communicate? Like, yeah, right. And I know know. I know Hattori is there. So I assume that or I shouldn't say, assume, I know that, you know, he speaks English, so I'm sure that's the way they do it, but you don't always have a bilingual referee. And I, and, I, and I guess, you know, sometimes you just know, like when Flair was in the corner there, he sort of gave him his leg. So he knew, oh, do something with the leg. But now what he's going to do from here, you just got to figure out, you know?
2: Well, there was probably a lot of pre-match discussion between with all three of them in the same room. Yeah. And I mean, there was, and you got to think about, you know, Fujinami didn't speak English or if he did, he just spoke very little. uh, Maybe enough to know some words. Don't know. And maybe he was waiting for those words. And. But I mean, think about all the years that, that guys wrestled in Japan or Japanese wrestlers wrestled over here. We, we, we saw ring of honor and we saw that championship. They had that championship match, which I thought was very good. And I don't know how much English or Japanese were, I, I just don't know, but they've always seemed to have good matches. So, but you're right. Hattori was the red shoes before his time, right? Or his red shoes here too.
0: Yeah, I mean he. That's like that. That's who he is.
2: Yeah, but he's not the same red shoes who they use now. Who got a big pop? Remember at the Ring of Honor show? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Forearm shot. Try to get a cover. One two. Fujinami's coming to Starcast. How about that? That is. That is. F- Cool. That is absolutely cool. I may not come back to the East Coast.
0: Think it's going to live out there?
2: I'm going to live out there. Oh, missed that one.
0: I mean, I'd be down with that, by the way.
2: Oh, I know you would. Whoa. Didn't miss that one. Try it again.
0: I'd come visit more often. (laughs) I guess I'd be welcome there, though, you know?
2: You're welcome here. No. You know you are.
0: Your wife's told me I'm not allowed. I know. Too much dog hair.
2: Yeah, no. It's it's more than just that. But you've been to my house 38 times. I've never been to yours. I know. I'd like to come there 39, 40, 41, 42 soon. Uh, But. Oh,
0: we're doing a big Starcast planning meeting here. A couple of weeks. Really? Ago to come.
2: When, when, when is it?
0: It'll probably be out of here, but, um, I think it's like the second, third and fourth of May.
2: Oh my God. I think I can make it It'd be fun. Second, third. Can I bring bug? Yeah, please do. I'm going to need to. Cause I need him to be with me for this.
0: One of my second- dogs got struck by a car over the weekend.
2: No. Yeah.
0: Everybody's fine. No broken legs. Nothing wrong.
2: Was it a baby? Just so, yeah. Oh, no. She, she's stupid. Yeah, but she's a good, she's a cool stupid. Yeah, she's alive. Yeah. And fine. Just sore. Don't let her outside, man.
0: I didn't know she was. Um, you know, one of the girls let her out. And hmm. I thought she was back in. I said, hey, is baby in the house? And they thought
2: I said, baby's in the house. Oh, my God. She ventured up there. I mean, that's dangerous going way out of your neighborhood there. No, it was on my street. Oh, Okay. Good. It wasn't like major
0: traffic or anything.
2: All right. Well, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think I can make that.
0: What do you think of Fujinami here in the main event? You know, we haven't really talked about him as sort of a viable pay-per-view attraction. You know, you guys were trying something different here with, you, know, you did the uh, Japanese super show and now here is the rematch. He's their top New I mean in New Japan, he's their world champion. He's their top star. Do you like this? You know, you guys working a partnership internationally with New Japan? Or did you think, ah, these rednecks in Florida won't get it?
2: Well, I thought both. I thought I liked it, but I thought, ah, these rednecks in Florida won't get it. And even the guy in the front row ringside with his hand on his with his chin on his hand was showing how bored he was. But I think that international wrestling, wrestling Japanese guys always, you had to have a certain taste for it. I think especially, you know, uh, go back to this ring of honor show that we saw Madison square garden, the fans had a taste for it. And the reasons fans had a taste for it is because that you now see new Japan pro wrestling on American TV. And I, and I think back then it would have served Much better if fans would have been able to see it. Of course, we're just beginning with the Internet revolution back then. I understand. I understand that. The world's going to get smaller now once the Internet explodes. And really, for most of these fans, with the exception of what we said on TV, Tatsumi Fujinami was – they didn't know who the hell he was, right? Right. So it was a hard sell, but – if you really like wrestling, if you really appreciated what guys could do, like we're seeing right now, and look at this, man. And JR is going to say after the match, and they finally show it the way Fujinami's chest looked at the conclusion of this match. But if you really appreciate wrestling, which we did and I did, you got to love this match. And you got to, and again, you got to get out of your mind who's a bad guy, who's a heel baby face heel doesn't matter. They're just uh, having a great match. And they did. I thought, and they had one in Japan as well. I thought there were some great things. J R and I were at the egg dome. We didn't commentate on the matches there that night, but we stood over on the side, had a great shot and watched all the matches and enjoyed every bit of it. And I still do, man. I, I love the Japanese style now, the strong style that they call. Who does our commentary now? English commentary. Is it Kevin Kelly?
0: Yeah, Kevin Kelly and Don Callis.
2: Okay. I need to watch some of that stuff.
0: Your son was into it.
2: Oh, my God. He knows everybody. We were sitting there and he was, Matt was selling me on everything, man. He's telling me all about them, the championships they held. I'm thinking, whoa, man.
0: You think we can convince him to come to StarCast?
2: There's no convincing needed.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Have fun. I've got double or nothing tickets for him. He can use huh? those. Okay. I hear that's going to be a good show. I uh, know it's going to be great. How excited are you to see wrestling at MGM grand again? Wow.
2: That's kind of that's fun, cool. huh? Yeah. Let's go bring back some memories. Do it again. they talking. Oh, that bridge spot
0: fell on his head. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh,
2: You know, this behind-the-scenes was a very turbulent time for WCW. Really? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Flair's getting ready to leave. He's unhappy. He cut his hair. He didn't want to. And I say that because I was, you know, Flair and I were friends. So, you know, I would hear his side of the story. Dusty had just come in as a booker. And I don't think that had anything to do with that. But And Jim Hurd coming up with a, you know, wanted crazy, over-the-top shit like Oz and you know, big Josh with the bears and shit like that. Um, I just, yeah, it was, it was a very turbulent time. And of course, you know, later in the year when Flair would leave, you know, that was very, uh, disheartening to many of us, at least someone who's a friend of Ric Flair's like, like I was that believed in Ric Flair, that it was very much Ric Flair against Jim Hurd in many ways. And Heard was your boss, but you always sided with the guy who you knew drew your money. Flair's going to go face first here. Right. He's going to try to, he was trying to go face first there. Fujinami wouldn't back up. Fuck, this is good, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think This, this is a good match. It does prove though, that even though it is a, it is a great wrestling match, Fans just aren't emotionally invested in Fujinami here, right? If this match happened today, though, people would go nuts. Right. Now I think there's a greater appreciation for the athleticism and the quote unquote work rate back then. They, they wanted to care a little more about the issue, about the story.
2: Sure. They wanted to cheer and boo someone. And there was really no one to boo here.
0: Well, I mean, I think the old school Southern thing is
2: let's boo the foreigner. Yeah, that's right. He's from, he's from Japan. We don't like him. Let's remember Pearl Harbor shit. Oh man. I need to have Matt Schiavone watch. Oops, didn't go over with him. I need to have Matt Schiavone watch this match. He'd dig it. Well, you're not kidding. He would. Now we're in a little midst of a uh, communication crisis here. So Flair, (laughs) (laughs) there's the face first bump he wanted to do. And Fujinami wouldn't get out of the way. Uh, all right. Talk to talk to Bill. Talk to Hatori. Little bit of lull here because Fujinami's not so sure what we're going to do next. My goodness, he walked over towards him. Yo. Well, hand up the ass. Hand on the goozle.
0: How much did Flair enjoy taking that bump? That was it. That was that was all Ric Flair, man. I'll tell you how much. Right now, <laughs> just for fun, yeah. i he'll get at the top of his staircase, going down to his basement and just throw himself off.
2: <laughs> Not
0: like down the stairs, McFoley style. He just leaps out far enough he knows he'll clear it and just flat backs on the uh carpet. <laughs> I guess Flair never really took a flat back. He takes it more on the hip side. On the hip. Right. But yeah. He'll, uh, he's giving himself hip tosses from the top of the stairs. Really? Yeah. Seriously. When I go over, you know, he won he's got this little man cave set up in the basement. Have you been to flares?
2: No, I'm not. I've not been invited.
0: Okay. Sort of like me at your house. I got it. Mm-hmm. So he's got like the, the big TV and the recliners and the whole deal in the man cave, a little wet bar area, all that stuff. So that's where he likes to hang. And he's got his gym down there and blah, blah. So uh, I'm down there and, uh, he's like, Hey, I'll be right down. And he just bloop. It was weird though, because I thought he was having some sort of argument because he's at the top of the stairs, and I hear him going, No,
2: no, oh God. And then
0: he's at the bottom of the stairs.
2: Really? And at his age, he doesn't shit his pants when he lands? I didn't check. Okay.
0: Uh, Real Uh, question Do you think he blades during the roast? When people start beating him up a little bit, do you think he just
2: zip? (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. Do you think? Uh, I don't know. Face first again. I loved it. You know, sometimes when I was at ringside and he would catch my eye and do a face first, he would cross his eyes right before he'd go down and look at me. Which I thought was it's like a little inside Rick Flair Tony Schiavone thing. He would get ready to do the face first. He'd see me if I if he was facing me, eyes would cross. He would go face first. <laughs> Just fucking hilarious. God, I loved it. I love the business. Fucking loved it.
0: R A S S L I N. That's wrestling.
2: Yeah. One, two, could he win it? No,
0: I did like that spot though. You don't, I see, you don't see the body slam collapsing often enough.
2: No. Well done. We're taking it home here now, boys. Flair's letting him know. Some of the fans got into that, man. See, they're getting into it. Flair bleeding, working hard. Sometimes, even though you don't have a storyline, you can bring the fans into it if you bust your ass. And that's what they were doing. How many stars does this match get?
0: Uh, three and a quarter.
2: Shit, it should have been four and a half. And there's your finish. One, two, three. Fonzie comes in without the whistle. Where's the title? Doug Down just says right here, motherfucker, and there it is. Flair is your winner. Hey, I like the show, Conrad. I, I really did. Like a, lot of, sh- a
0: lot of good matches on here. Steiners, yeah. uh, Arn and Barry, and you know, there's so many great performances. You, you just can't. I mean, it's an underrated show. Even even the Freebirds match to open the
2: show was pretty good. Yeah. Even with Michael Hayes in it.
0: Yeah, um, some some job finishes. I get why people don't like that, but some hard-hitting action, some real good wrestling, and some pretty monumental moments. You know, the debut of Oz, the debut of the Diamond Stud, the debut of Mark Merrow. I mean, lots of debuts. We got a bear pissing on the ramp. We had a monkey try to commit suicide. <laughs> it's it's pretty It's pretty impressive what you guys were able to put together here and I get, you know, the Super Bowl concept. Like so I dig it.
2: Yeah. It it's 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 really in many ways an icon, an iconic show. If I, and that's probably overselling it, but if you go back and you think about the Clash of the Champions where Shockmaster fell through the that's an iconic moment. It's an iconic means to me a moment that fans remember and fans remember Oz and fans remember Diamond Stud and fans are his debut and Johnny B. Badd's debut. And uh, just so it was, it was, uh, it was quite, it was a very good show. A very, very good show. Look at that. Boy, there is. There's Hancock, Dave Hancock to the left there before he lost all his weight. Right over of Dusty's shoulders. Hmm. And there's <laughs> Bill Lapter. Jesus Christ. He's everywhere. All right. So they are. uh, Again, we. uh, We're a little bit short on our show here. And. It's almost impossible to to time it right. And we obviously never could because we still got two minutes to go on the show here. And, And to me. i always I always thought, why did and, and there's an answer to this: Why did we always have to go right up to the, it's not like it's a network t v or anything like that. Why do we have to go up to the time okay with, <laughs> there you go there's the replay we want like we show the finish again. I just thought this stretching and, and you know you know I've called shows here we looked at shows where we had to stretch even longer than this, but I just thought it took so much away from the the feel of it on a pay-per-view it was almost like Fonzie came in and stole the title.
0: Well, Tony, uh, I got to tell you when I look at my clock, I feel like it's about that time.
2: It is that time. And uh, I'm going to go outside here, Conrad, instead of going into the ring, I'm going to walk outside with my flip sign here and I'm going to stand out front. Whoa, wait a minute. Uh, there's not enough traffic here outside of my own house. I'm going to go hang on. I'm going to get the microphone. I'm going to go out to the highway here. Uh, and this is the highway that runs between Roswell and Marietta, Georgia. And my flip sign, uh, as you can see on one side, it says, uh, Tylene call me. And on the other side, it says, Conrad is full of shit. And we're at uh, call me Tylene. Even though Conrad is out of shit, uh, full of shit. We're, we're out of time. And we'll see you next week on What Happened When. We're on the MLW Radio Network as well as on Patrone.
4: This is Lizzie. And this is Olivia. And we're Papa Tony's granddaughter. Promotionally considered paid by the following. Boxofgimmicks.com with new items each week. The official store of what happened when, something to wrestle with. In 83 weeks, log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Join Conrad and Papa Tony with bonus... Podcast, behind the scene video, live weekly charts, and new contact each tweet. And by LoisRolls.com, get your t shirt from What Happened When, right now, and named after Yaya. And by What Happened When, live in St. Louis, Saturday, June 22nd at 9. Out, off Broadway, tickets available at eTix.com. And What Happened When, live in St. Baltimore, Sunday, June 23rd at noon at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Tickets at Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com. And by Starcast Two, coming to Las Vegas May 23rd through the 26th as part of a Double or Nothing weekend. Go to Starcast.com for more information. And now, Papa Tony, no more cussing and no more bad language. That's right.